might as well is an audio gallery that showcases the rejection of the binary frailties of good and evil in favor of truth told via comically allegorical jeremiads. In other words, Hasehamaumo. If I would have known that other artists have gone through this, people I look up to, if they if they would have just said that, look, it's not all great. It's not going to be fine this whole time. If I would have known that, I would have been mentally prepared. First of all, uh, I would have been I would have been ready. I would have, I would have prepared myself financially. I would have put something aside. I would have, but, you know, from. The people that came before me, even rock stars, rappers, uh, singers, everybody, athletes, everybody, athletes, athletes. <laughs> just like, nope, this whole thing is just money all the time. Right. You're good at something, it's just going to be money always. Nobody's right. ever been like, so this goes away after a while. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Might As Well. Bitch, buckle up. This is not NPR. So without further ado, the great Maui Ma. Come on, bruv. You've seen what these people have done to my people. It doesn't get better. Right? It only gets worse from here. Buckle the fuck up. Strap up. Keep your fucking head on a swivel. I'm a product of generational trauma. I'm young, black, and traumatized. Right? You niggas want honesty? There you go. Right? I don't trust motherfuckers. I have trust issues. Right? I have anxiety. I'm traumatized. I'm scarred for life. Legit. Right? I pray that my kids aren't as scarred as I am. I pray. Have your mercy, Yes. Jesus, praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Hallelujah, God. Yes. We don't want no devils in the house, God. Yes, Lord. We want the Lord. Yes, We don't want no devil in the house. However, the devil is already in the house. Because we've got a Bible in the house. And our colonizers introduced us to the Bible. Using the barrel of the gun, of course. They forced the Lord's word unto us. So inshallah, I hope things get better. But for now, for now, I still have trust issues. I don't trust white people. Right? Specifically, the following two kinds of white people. Number one, 
I don't trust white women who can cut fruit and vegetables. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. Bruv, once a white woman can surgically dice an apple, things get dicey. Things get spicy. Things get spooky. Bruh, this is why I stand with Kendall Jenner. Bruh, we all saw the video, right? Of Kendall Jenner attempting to slice a cucumber, right? And failing badly. Niggas were laughing at her all over social media. And I was like, hey, hey, this should be normal. Do you want um, the chef to make you a snack? I'm making it myself. Just gotta chop up some cucumber. It's pretty okay. easy. You go, girl. Be careful, because I, I nicked myself the other day. I don't know, I'm kind of scared. There you go. Don't cucumbers have seeds? Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely not a good cutter, so don't zoom in on me. <laughs> I'm not professional whatsoever. Hey, chef. Do you want to cut this up for her? I'll do it, mommy. Fine. Why the fuck are y'all shocked? Hey, hey, why the fuck are y'all shocked that Kendall Jenner cannot chop a fucking cucumber? It makes perfect sense that Kendall Jenner doesn't have cutting abilities because she's a white, wealthy girl. Why the fuck are you niggas shocked? This shit should be basic. It should be normal. You niggas should be used to this shit. Legit. Oh, Kendall Jenner cannot cut a cucumber. She's useless. Nah. She's wealthy. She's surrounded by chefs. Right? I mean, bruh, you heard Chris Jenner on that clip summoning her chef like a puppy. Right? Like a fucking puppy. Hey, Chris Jenner, please. Please. Respect your chef's agency. That nigga was probably out there just chilling. Right? Lamping, taking it easy, playing Nintendo Switch or some shit, or trying to jerk off or some shit. Bruh, hey, let your man cook! Right? Let that fucking man cook. Photo synthesize! Photo synthesize! Photo. You grabbing a snack, burn? Yeah. Water and light combined so I can make my own food. And by cook, I mean allow your chef to just be. Let him do his own thing. He's a grown-ass man. You can't be out here summoning that man like a fucking golden retriever. He's a grown-ass man. Right? He's got other things to worry about. He's got bills to pay. People to take care of. A dick to jerk off. Right, scores to settle. Bruh, hey, that man is grown as fuck. Leave him alone. Respect his agency. Jesus fucking Christ. You see, bruh, this is why I don't trust white women who can cut fruit and vegetables. This is why I'm pretty sure Chris Jenner can cut the shit out of an apple. Legit. All fucking facts, bruv, look at her. Right? She's the devil. Yeah, not himself. Oh, yeah, not herself. Legit! Look at her! Right? She's the fucking devil, bruv! We are talking about a woman who flipped her own child's sex tape 
into a money-making machine. Bruh, we are talking about a woman who flipped her own child's sex tape into a fucking business empire. Let that shit sink in. She's the fucking devil. Yeah, not herself. And I'm pretty sure she can cut the shit out of a fucking watermelon. Banana. The pollinator is the person who makes sex with banana. Why do you need to do that? For example, I am resistant to cancer and you is not resistant to cancer. We need to make love, make sex to get a son who maybe will be resistant to cancer. This is the sperma. This is the female flower. If you put your finger, you feel that the female is sticky. This female is ready to make sex. Today, only today. Okay. Chris Jenner looks like a chopper. Right? She looks like a chopper. She shoots down her enemies. She flies over her enemies, and of course, she knows how to fucking chop a cabbage. Right? These are all fucking facts. She knows how to fucking dice a tomato. Right? She knows, hey, how to slice a fucking potato and flip them bitches into french fries. She knows what the fuck she's doing in the fucking kitchen. Right, which is why she's the fucking devil. Yeah, not herself. You ain't gotta ask her. No, just look at her. Just look at her. Bruh, this is why I fucks with Kendall Jenner. Right? I fucks with her. Oh my god, she almost dislocated a shoulder. Attempting to chop a fucking cucumber. This bitch cannot cut a cucumber! Listen, bruv, it makes perfect sense to me. Right? It makes perfect sense to me. And bruv, hey, listen, listen. It also tells me that humanity still has hope. Right? right? There's still some fucking hope for our species. Because Kendall Jenner not having chopping abilities means that the world is still balanced, right? There's still equilibrium in the fucking world, right? There's still a fucking hierarchy that governs life on this here planet. It means that our fucking species is still a part of a thriving ecosystem, right? Because, because Kendall Jenner is a white girl who cannot cut a cucumber. Right? Bruh, hey, think about that. She's a white girl, well, a woman, who cannot cut a fucking cucumber. What does that mean? It means that she's so fucking well off that she doesn't have to do basic shit. She doesn't have to do everyday shit. Bruh, hey, she doesn't need basic skills that one needs to survive. She doesn't have the bare minimum when it comes to survival skills. That's how wealthy she is. She doesn't have to think about cooking. Right? She doesn't have to think about, hey, take 
bitchiest people who fucking bathe her. Legit. All fucking facts. Bruh, hey, she's so wealthy that she doesn't have to think. <laughs> right? <laughs> Legit. She doesn't have to think about anything. All fucking facts. Right? That's how wealthy she is. She's a wealthy white girl. Huh? White woman. Right? She's a wealthy white woman. It makes perfect sense that she cannot chop a fucking cucumber. Right? She's wealthy and she's white. Right? It means that the world is still balanced. White people are still wealthy and black people are still struggling. That's a balance. Right? That's how things have always been. And guess what? That's how things still are. Right? In 2022, bro, hey, hey, Back to the Future sold us a fucking dream. My great grandma got hit with a Draco. I can't sleep at night. And my real daddy lost to my stepdad and slapped my fight. And my little cousin's dried on crashing them three years old. My auntie came back from Vietnam. She lost three of her toes. I'm fighting demon. Oh, on God. Demon. I'm fighting demon. Demon. They think I'm rich because a nigga got all that ice on. A bullet hit me in the back of my head and knocked out my eyeball. Oh, great Scott. Back to the Future sold us many a dreams. I'm still waiting for the hoverboard. I'm still waiting for the flying DeLoreans. Bruh, where the fuck are the cars that use vegetables for fuel? We still waiting! Right? We are still waiting! Jesus fucking Christ! Why the fuck is racism still a thing in 2022? Huh? Why? Inequality is still a thing in 2022. Why? Why? Hey, hey, bro. Hey, nothing is changing. Look around you. Nothing is changing. And it's only gonna get worse. All fucking facts. It's only gonna get worse because we are spiraling. Right? Humanity is spiraling. All fucking facts, bro. Right? But hey, hey, that's what we do. Right? We've been spiraling. Right? We've been losing our fucking minds. We've been going to war. That's what we do. So, bruv, the fact that we are still spiraling and we are still going to war with each other, hey, it means that, hey, things are normal. Right? Things are, are balanced. Right? The fucking hierarchy of power and class is still intact. Right? The hierarchy of inequality is still intact. Still right there. Right? Still right there. The hierarchy of wealth. Right? The hierarchy of prestige is still intact. Right? Things are still normal. 2022 is the same as 1801. Right? The wealthy are popping off and the poor are struggling. That's just how it is. It has always been like this and guess what? It's still like this. Right? So when I saw Kendall Jenner, 
struggling to chop a fucking cucumber. I was like, hey, that's good. It's good. Right? I mean, yo, white women shouldn't be able to chop cucumbers. <laughs> All fucking facts. I was already dead again. You can hurt me, only God. Party till I die. With my chin up high. Fuck them all. Fuck them back. Twerk like it's my last day on this earth. Let the dollar make a work. Work. Party till I die. With my chin up high. Fuck them all. Fuck them back. Twerk like it's my last day on this earth. Let the dollar make a work. Work. I ain't scared of death. But I fear them as dead as breath. All the drugs in your face. I am blessed with a smile. Fam. I be out here watching white women on BBC Lifestyle making food. I be like, bruh, hey, you poor? I be like, bruh, hey, you baking, bitch? The fuck? Don't you have a maid? Huh? Don't you have a fucking Monday, sir, roaming around the fucking yard? The fuck are you poor? Are you poor? Bruh, hey, white women be cooking. On come dine with me. I'd be like, bruh, hey, I ain't trying to dine with you if you cooked it. How about that? Bruh, hey, if you are a white woman, right, who doesn't have a cook, a chef, listen, hey, congratulations, you wasted your white skin. Hey, if you are white, and you are making your own food in 2022. Guess what? Hey, either you fucked up or, or you're fucking, huh, huh, your parents fucked up. Okay? Y'all fucked up. Hey, congratulations. You played yourself. Congratulations. You are wasting your fucking white skin. Get yourself a maid. Okay? White bitches be out here cooking. I'd be like, what are you doing? Huh? The, who the fuck are you? Are you my mom? Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? Bruh, hey, I don't trust white women who can cut fruit and vegetables. I'm with Kendall Jenner. Bruv, white women like Kendall Jenner don't belong in the kitchen, okay? They belong on a yacht. They belong on a private beach in Cape Town, right? That's where they belong. They were built for opulence and luxury. They should be out there tanning, right? Taking in all the fucking sun, all the vitamin D, <laughs> literally <laughs> and figuratively, right? Kendall in the sun, goddammit. God damn it. Right? When you're good, you're good. Right? These women 
Even at just candles in the fucking sun. God damn it, fucking hell. This motherfucker don't miss. No, he's fucking good. That motherfucker don't miss, man. He's good. In the heat of battle, he don't miss. No. In the heat of controversy, he don't miss. No. Fam, all I'm saying is, it makes perfect sense that Kendall Jenner cannot cut a cucumber. She was raised in a lap of luxury. Right? It makes perfect sense that she cannot fucking chop a vegetable. Right? That's the natural order of things. It is what it is, bruv. I don't make the fucking rules. Right? All I do is fucking document them. All fucking facts. Fam, hey, it makes sense because once a white woman can do black women things in the kitchen, bruv, somebody's falling in love. And nine times out of ten, that somebody is a black dude. Right? I mean, fam, hey, we all saw the pictures. Right? We all saw the pictures of Bronny James with a with a snow bunny. Right? Hey, Bronny James, LeBron James's son, recently went to prom with a white girl. This is only for Africans. The training is only for Africans. You may not bring your white wife. You may not bring your white wife. You may not bring your white wife. If you bring a non-African, you and the non-African will be escorted out my training. If you bring a non-African, you and the non-African will be escorted out my training. This nigga's trying to be Obama. Right? Hey, Bronny James went to his prom with a, with a white date. Hey, we all saw the pictures, right? So evidently, this white girl can cook, right? She knows her way around a fucking onion. She can cook, right? Right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that this white girl can cook. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Hey, once a white woman can do black women things in the kitchen, somebody's falling in love, and nine times out of ten, that somebody is a black athlete. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Right? I'm pretty fucking sure. Somebody is falling in love and then getting murdered. <laughs> Legit. Hey, bruv, hey, hey, white women, yo, bro, white women are wild. Oh, Lord have mercy, another coon. Damn coons. I gotta do a coon analysis and a coon screening. It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the coon chip in the average... White women with cooking abilities are dangerous. Bruv, they'll invite you for coffee, make you chicken casserole, and then after dinner, your hands will awkwardly touch under a fucking mistletoe, and you'll be like, where the fuck did this come from? And then, and then, they'll proceed to dice you like one of Rick Ross's pineapples. Legit! Hey, bruv, hey, they'll proceed to dice you like one of Rick Ross's pears. Shout out to Pear. Bruh, hey, white women are dangerous. That's all I'm saying. Right? White women who can cook are fucking dangerous. Keep your fucking head 
on a swivel, right? Because there's a candle, huh, in the sun. <laughs> Legit, bro. Hey, listen, listen. That's where they belong, right? Candles belong in the sun, not in the fucking kitchen. Everyone must try this cacio e pepe. Let me drink my coffee, fe. It's hot, te. Let me open the tepepe and watch the dishesha. I'm just laughing, guys, but it's not funny, man. Only strong black women belong in the kitchen because they can stand the heat, right? They were built for the heat. Fuck it. They are the heat. These girls are on fire. Alicia Keys told us, right? Bruh, who runs the world? Girls, right? Brown skin girls. Brown skin girls. Skin just like pearls. You belong in the kitchen cooking for a guy named Earl. Right? Brown skin girls belong in the fucking kitchen. Jay, I don't make the fucking rules. All I do is follow the rules and then document the fucking rules. I'm the Sam Potter Bridges of podcasting. All I do is deliver the fucking rules to you. Okay? What you do with the fucking rules? My nigga, it's up to you. I don't make the fucking rules. Right? Black women are stronger. <laughs> right? And black women are stronger than white women. Right? It's all eugenics. <laughs> right? right? According to eugenics, black women are stronger. Right? And of course, according to white lunatics, black people are trying to replace white people. Right? Replacement theory. Niggas are talking about replacement theory. What the fuck are you niggas talking about? Just add something. Just add value. Niggas are shooting my fuckers because of the great replacement. Oh, black people are trying to replace white people. The fuck are you niggas talking about? We ain't trying to replace white people. My niggas are just multiplying, that's all. Right? We don't die, we multiply. The J-Brav, that's what we do. We don't die, we multiply. My niggas are just multiplying, that's all. Niggas are talking about the great replacement. Bruv, hey, in short, the great replacement is a conspiracy theory that states that non-white individuals are being brought into the USA and other Western countries to quote-unquote replace white voters to achieve a political agenda. Bruh, yo, people are losing their fucking minds. Hey, scratch that. Niggas have already lost their minds. Niggas are crazy out here. Niggas are fucking wildin'. What the fuck are you talking about? Niggas are not pulling up to Western countries to fucking achieve a political agenda. No! Niggas are pulling up to Western countries because they are searching for a better life. The fuck are you niggas talking about? Your white people are crazy! 
Who comes up with this shit? You niggas have too much time on your fucking hands, bruv. Your white people are too privileged, right? They got too much fucking time on their hands. Legit. I mean, dude, y'all, bruv, y'all, to come up with some shit like this, you must have all the fucking time in the world. Legit. Oh, replacement theory. Yeah. The great replacement Black people are trying to replace white people in Western countries. No, 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 no. Black people are emigrating to your countries because their countries are fucked up. Now, bruv, hey, hey, who fucked their countries up? (sighs) Hmm? Who stole from their countries? Who looted? Their fucking countries. Who ripped their fucking countries to shreds? Who the fuck eradicated their cultures? Huh? Who the fuck eradicated their history? Who the fuck eradicated their beliefs? Huh? Y'all. Right? Niggas. I'm moving to western countries because y'all took everything from their countries. Right? Black people are leaving Africa in droves because y'all ruined Africa. Right? Y'all dismantled the spirit of Africa. And bruv, y'all didn't just take from Africa. Y'all took from every black and brown nation under the sun. Y'all took from India. Y'all took from Pakistan. Y'all took from Iraq. Y'all took from Afghanistan. Y'all took from Chile. Y'all took from Brazil. Y'all took from the Congo. Y'all took from South Africa. Y'all took from Ivory Coast. Y'all took from Jamaica. And y'all took from Haiti. Bruh, what the French did to the Haitians is insane. Fam, they had liberated slaves paying their former owners money, right? Like a form of reparations for their freedom. Let that shit sink in. The French set up a reverse reparations type system in Haiti, right? Where liberated slaves were paying their former owners who lived in France a fee, right? For lost profits. <laughs> yeah! Y'a que des traîtres, y'a pas de complices Je suis dans une kenda, on va pas se pétard Attends j'en profite, juste après on se voit Des coups je vais t'en donner, je me donne pas en spectacle Aucun état d'âme, on est pire que sa dame Le temps c'est de l'argent, j'y vais tout droit mon pote Va mollo sur la zipette, t'es un peu trop speed Ma belle en croque top, dans le cockpit Ma belle en croque top, dans le cockpit Tu and now you niggas are shocked when Haitians are leaving Haiti in droves searching for a better life. Why the fuck are y'all shocked? Y'all took everything from the Haitians. 
Right? Y'all took everything, bruv. The French set up a fucking bank in Haiti. The bank was called the National Bank of Haiti. A bank on which a lot of fucking hopes were pinned upon. However, the bank was national in name only. Far from an instrument of Haiti's salvation, the central bank was, from its very inception, an instrument of French financiers and a way to keep a suffocating grip on a former colony into the next century. Haiti's central bank was set up by a Parisian bank called Credit Industriel et Commercial. <laughs> and bruv, hey, hey, at the time, right? CIC, Credit Industriel et Commercial, right? Was helping to finance one of the world's best known landmarks, the Eiffel Tower. As a monument of French liberty, it was choking Haiti's economy, taking much of the young nation's income back to Paris and impairing its ability to start schools, hospitals, and the other building blocks of an independent country. Credit Industriel, known in France as CIC, is now a $355 billion subsidiary of one of Europe's largest financial conglomerates. But its exploits in Haiti left a crippling legacy of financial extraction and dashed hopes, even by the standards of a nation with a long history of both. I'm in New York, time to get some new money. Who want to be a business partner with the boss? You want to be a business partner with the boss? You? You want to be a business partner with the boss? He turned his back. Right there. He don't know what that is. Billionaire. It's a billionaire, Ricky Rose. He ain't even know it. It's all good, though. It's a lot of people turn their back on me. ain't believe in the vision. That's fine. And I want you to understand it's a lot of people who are going to turn their back and won't see the vision as long as you do. And it's crystal clear. Fuck your replacement theory. How about that? Fuck your replacement theory. Okay? When Haiti is the reason why the Eiffel Tower is standing today. Fuck your replacement theory. The White House was built by slaves. Hey, bruv, America was built by slaves. Fuck your replacement theory. Okay, bruv? Fuck your replacement theory. Congolese rubber built Belgium. Fuck your replacement theory. Okay, bruv? Bruv, hey, hey, hey. The Queen's crown jewels exist today because of Africa. Hey, South Africa to be exact. Bruv, these niggas stole the Cullinan, right? From South Africa. Johannesburg. Bruv, where I'm from? I'm from Johannesburg. I'm recording this shit in Johannesburg, South Africa, where the Cullinan diamond was stolen. 
So fuck your replacement theory. The fucking British Museum is fucking busting by the seams, right? Full to the fucking brim <laughs> with stolen artifacts. Fuck your replacement theory. The fuck are you niggas talking about? Oh, black people are trying to replace us. No, y'all stole everything from black people. Y'all stole everything from us. Everything. What are you niggas talking about? What's going on on this fucking planet, bruv? Huh? Niggas have lost their fucking minds. Jay, oh, these black people are being brought to Western countries to replace white voters. White voters? What, what, huh? What, nigga, yo, what? Niggas are risking their lives. Bruh, niggas are crossing the fucking ocean. Right? On, on tiny ass boats. Niggas, bruh, niggas are risking their lives to come to the UK, to come to the USA. Right? Because, because they're searching for a better life. Right? Not votes. What are you niggas talking about? Niggas are talking about votes? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're trying to replace white voters. White voters? Bruh, the fuck you? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Bruv, great replacement, or the great replacement, is often touted by anti-immigration groups, white supremacists, and others. According to the National Immigration Forum, White supremacists argue that the influx of immigrants, people of color more specifically, will lead to the extinction of the white race. Niggas are losing their fucking minds. Motherfuckers like Peyton Gendron. Yeah, that's a real name. Peyton Gendron, bruh, is this fucking guy a Transformers villain? Hey, Peyton, are you a fucking robo don my nigga, what's happening? Are you a fucking Decepticon? Peyton Gendron, bruh, these names are getting out of hand. And Gendron is his fucking surname. What's happening? What's going on? Bruh, Peyton Gendron. The 18-year-old white male accused of killing 10 people. Wait, wait, accused. You know? Hey, 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 NPR. How about, how about Peyton Gendron isn't accused of killing 10 people? No, no, no. He killed 10 people. We saw him do it. We saw the fucking video. Okay? Hey, no need for an allegedly. Oh, Peyton Gendron. 
The 18-year-old lunatic who allegedly killed 10 people. No, 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 no. No, he did it. Okay? How about stop protecting these motherfuckers? You're showing me. You're showing me. How unserious you are. Stop protecting these lunatics. Right? Stop omitting their fucking names. Stop saying allegedly. Stop saying, oh, he's accused. Right? Stop that shit. He did it. We saw the fucking video. Stop protecting crazy people. Right? Stop protecting racist motherfuckers. It's like over here in South Africa. Right? Every news outlet was literally omitting that white student's name. The kid who peed all over the black kid's shit. In Stellenbosch, right? Niggas were omitting his name. Bruh, his name is Fiends Dutoit. Right? It's got a weird name. Like, bruh, what's up with these weird fucking names? Fiends? What the fuck is Fiends? Right? Bruh, his name is literally spelled T-H-E-U-N-S. Fiends. 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 What the fuck, Fiends? Fiends Dutoit. What the fuck is this, bruv? Stop protecting lunatics! Footage is correct. I wish I, I, I assaulted him. Now that is a, is a real issue. I wish I did a real thing. Proper. I regret not doing it. I should have done it. So that I deal with real stuff. Me, I'm not scared. Mm. But uniform or no uniform. African or no African. White or pink. I deal with you decisively. Thank you. I mean, bruv, listen to this shit from IOL. Right? First year law student, Thiens Dutoit, allegedly urinated in fellow student Babalo Ndwayama's room and on his belongings at Heisma Racism residence last Sunday. Allegedly. You know, they used the word allegedly. I get that they're trying to protect themselves, right, from any lawsuits. However, we all saw the video of things to do it peeing all over Babalo's shit we saw the video right we saw the video there's no need to say allegedly no no we saw the video and then listen to this shit some students and those close to the Stellenbosch University perpetrator embroiled in the infamous peace scandal have come to his defense and denied that he was a racist person. Calls for the first-year law student Fins Dutoit to be expelled have intensified after he was suspended for allegedly urinating in fellow student Babalo Ndwayama's room and on his belongings at Hayes Ma Racism residence last Sunday. The weekend, August, learned that his father, Rudy Dutoit, took him to the Stellenbosch police station on Friday. Dutoit's lawyer, William Flood, confirmed that his client was at the police station to meet with a detective. And he came out and said the following, and I quote, We are giving our full cooperation to the SAPS. Help! Help! Police! Help! 
the lawyer also said that Dutoit was given a warning that there was a case pending against him and they informed him of his constitutional rights. Foulard said there was currently no word on a court appearance. He said the following, and I quote, I assume that they are going to hand the docket over to the director of public prosecution to make a decision regarding the way forward. Police said no one has been arrested or charged as yet. The investigation into the circumstances surrounding the incident is still underway, said police spokesperson Colonel Andre Trout. Dutoit is a former pupil at the elite Worcester Gymnasium High School. Folk from his hometown, Worcester, described him as a quiet person who had friends from different races. Ooh, cute. His best friend was a black boy in school, said one of Dutoit's mentors in the sporting fraternity at the school. When I read the reports, I refused to believe it. The person depicted in those reports is not the same person I knew, said the mentor. He was a quiet person. He got along with fellow learners and was loved by his rugby teammates. On the rugby field, he played as a loose forward. What <laughs> was a loose forward? He's loose, you know? He's got fucking incontinence, evidently. Right? He can't hold on to his PR shit. On the rugby field, Dutoit was a loose forward, who's now a loose cannon, and embodied the ethos of playing hard and fair. Ooh. When approached, the school authorities declined to comment. Some pupils said Dutoit was a good rugby player who was loved by his teammates who were mostly black. He was inclusive as a player, had friends of color, his teammates loved him, and he loved them. Listen, listen. I'm not saying that, you know, Thinus Dutoit is inherently a bad dude, right? Evidently, he's not, right? However, you know, in that moment of drunkness um, and uh, inebriation, I think his true self, right, came out. And um, in that moment, when he peed all over this black student's belongings, what he's been hiding or what he's been masking showed itself. Um, I'm not saying this kid is horrible. I'm not saying this kid um, doesn't deserve to live a life right, of some sort after this. All I'm saying is... He is racist. And I'm not saying that Thinus Dutoit is racist because of the act of peeing on a black student's belongings while inebriated. No. I'm from the hood. 
I've seen drunk people pee on other people's belongings. It doesn't mean that those people are xenophobic or racist. No. Right? Nor does it mean that those people are malicious in nature. No. It just means that they were out of control. They were too drunk. Right? And then their condition induced, you know, a bit of urinary incontinence and they just lost control. Right? That's what it means. Right? I'm saying that he's racist because of what he said whilst peeing or after. Right? I think Thinus Tutoit said that this is what he and his friends do to black boys. I repeat, this is what he and his friends do to black boys. He was black. Well, isn't that weird? Yeah, this it's really the, the weird. The black thing is so strange. Yeah. African, for they're not wearing any clothes all day. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Italian. Beast. You know, black is weird. And mostly. he was brown. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's this really the, the, weird. Uh, yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Based on. So, bruv, him saying that takes this reprehensible incident out of the realm of the funny misdeeds of the intoxicated. And places it firmly into a racial farrago. This is South Africa. You have a white student peeing all over a black student's belongings. Hey, things are bound to burn. Okay? Things are bound to burn. So, bruv, no. I don't think that this kid shouldn't live a life. Right, he deserves a second stab at life. Right, he deserves a second shot. He's a kid. Right, all of these people are what, 18? These motherfuckers are kids. Right, so he deserves a second shot. However, his actions are racist. Right, him urinating all over a black student's belongings is racist. And everything he said confirms that that act was a racially motivated act. Right? So listen, bruv. I don't think he's a bad guy. Right? Nor do I think that this should be it for him. He's a kid. Right? He slipped up. Right? He made a mistake. He deserves a second chance. That's all I'm saying. However, what he did was racist in nature. It is racist in nature. That's all I'm saying. Right? He's a kid. He learned such behavior from somewhere. Right? And this is the part where we have to look at his parents. Right? We have to look at his parents and go, Hey, bruv. Hey. Hey. <laughs> right? Hey. 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 Right? All of these people are young. Peyton Gendron, the 18-year-old white male accused of killing 10 people and wounding another three in Buffalo, allegedly said in his screed that the decrease in white birth rates equates to genocide. The fuck? Like, hey, what? Like, bruv, hey, 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 Generation Z, hey, right? <laughs> this is it! This is Generation Z. Bruv, these kids are fucked. How the fuck 
Do we expect Generation Z to lead us into the fucking future when these kids have fucking ideologies like this? This shit is crazy, bruv. Generation Z is on some millennial type shit. Right, they're moving just like millennial shooters, millennial lunatics. This is millennial shit. I thought millennials were boomers. The fuck is happening? What's going on, bruv? We have 18-year-olds. Right? Are you talking about genocide? These niggas are calling the decrease in white birth rates a genocide. He's 18. This fucking kid is 1818. We got teenagers peeing on other teenagers' belongings in South Africa. Right? And then they're fucking idols. Like, like Billie Eilish have ticks. Billie Eilish pulled up and said that she has Tourette's syndrome. She struggles with Tourette's. Right? She said that, yo, yeah, I got ticks. Right? I got ticks. If you watch me for long enough, you'll see that I, I twitch a little bit. I glitch a little bit. What the fuck is going on? What's happening? in? Bruv, I thought Generation Z was the future. That's what I thought. Right? But these kids have fucking manifestos. Talking about the great replacement. He's 18. Peyton Gendron is 18, bruv. The alleged supermarket shooter. Hey, it's not alleged. We saw the video. Okay, we saw the fucking video. What the fuck is going on, bruv? The alleged supermarket shooter and other extremists claim that the United States has to close its borders to immigrants. Hold up. Hey, for my niggas who be thinking we soft, we don't play. We gon' rock it till the wheels fall off. Hold up. Hey. The great replacement theory is sometimes seen in other ways, such as claims of voter replacement and immigrants invading America. What are these niggas smoking? The National Immigration Forum said. The first claim assumes that immigrants and non-white people will vote a certain way, ultimately drowning out the votes of white Americans. What the fuck is going on in America, bruv? Yo, America is a crazy fucking country, bruv. The fuck are y'all niggas doing out there, bruv? I mean, fam, did y'all see this kid who shot up a Texas elementary school last week, Tuesday? Bruh, hey, hey, what's up with America, bruv? And their obsession with guns and, and killing, blood and gore. Like, well, what's going on over there, bruv? Like, well, well, what the fuck is going on? Like, fam, your America moves like South Sudan, right? Like, bruh, hey, they move like Ethiopia. The fuck is happening out there, bruv? Like, bruh, hey, what's going on in America? The fuck is going on? Bruv, 19 children. I mean, I mean, what? What? Like, 19 kids, like, <laughs> 
19 children and two teachers were killed in a shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, last week Tuesday. A fourth grade teacher was identified as one of the two adult victims. The 18-year-old gunman, I I mean, you know, bro, I thought Generation Z was going to be different. But evidently, like, (laughs) I was wrong, right? We were all wrong. Bruv, hey, what the fuck is Generation Z doing? Like, bruh, I thought that these kids were gonna be different, but evidently they are not. Right? They be out here calling millennials boomers. Oh my god, you guys are so fucking old. Oh my god. No, hey, you niggas are doing exactly what we've been out here doing. Jesus bless you, nigga. Fuck you. Fuck your set, nigga. Fuck whatever you rap, nigga. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Hit my big homie up, nigga. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Who's your big homie, kid? Hit my big homie's ASAP, nigga. What you wanna do? You can hit my dad up too, bitch. Excuse the, the fuck out of you. Who you talking? How old are you? How old are you? Call my dad right now. Call your dad. Call my dad right now. You're gonna. Oh yeah. Your dad needs to whoop your fucking ass. My dad won't Yeah, that's oh, obviously, clearly obviously. Obviously, I'm There's no difference between the two cohorts. There's no difference between Generation Y millennials, right, and Generation Z. There's no difference. Evidently, there's a murderous overlap between the two, right? We are one and the same. You niggas are as bloodthirsty as us. You niggas are lunatics, just like us, right? I thought you niggas were gonna be progressive. I thought you niggas were gonna be different, but you niggas are not different. Y'all are just like the fucking millennials, right? And every other generation that came before, right? We are the same. The only difference is you niggas have TikTok, right? A TikTok that we, by the way, and by we, I mean millennials, by the way, built it, right? A TikTok that was built and created by millennials, you welcome, right? You welcome, right? Chinese millennials built TikTok. So while you are out there dancing on TikTok, having a good time, playing with filters, right? And miming shit. Hey, hey, remember that millennials built it. And those millennials are Chinese. So bruv, while you are out there sucking off your friends at a content house in LA, remember that Xi Jinping is watching. Hey, you welcome. You welcome. Have fun. You welcome. You kids are fucked. Legit. The 18-year-old gunman is dead, officials said. He shot his grandmother before the mass shooting, authorities say, and she remains hospitalized in critical condition. 
President Biden called on the U.S. to turn its collective pain into political action following the deadliest elementary school shooting since Sandy Hook in 2012. Bruh, hey, at this rate, these niggas say the same thing every year. They say the same thing every shooting. You think Biden is not alive right now? No, the guy that's doing the stand-up job of trying to wake people up is an actor wearing a mask. I mean, there's several different people playing Joe Biden at this point. And when, when he fell up the stairs going on the airplane, I myself think that that was Jim Carrey. I've heard that he was one of them. I, wait, 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 wait. You think that Jim Carrey was wearing a mask and was the acting president and being silly by falling up the stairs three different times and james woods also i think is one of the doppelganger mask wearing people we have to get rid of the guns we can't be doing this every single year we are losing our kids we're losing our families we have to address this from a political sense we have to mobilize politically Let's fight the gun lobbies. Let's get rid of the lobbies. Let's get rid of the guns. We need more gun control in America. Enough is enough. Bruh, these niggas say the same things year in, year out. And bruh, I sounded like Bill Cosby a little bit. Ew. Right? Ew. Right? Bruh, a civil suit accusing Mr. Cosby of assaulting a teenager in the 1970s, which he denies will be the first to head to court since his criminal conviction was overturned last year. Bruh. Bill Cosby caught, caught another lawsuit. Hey, he caught, huh? he caught huh? another lawsuit. It never stops for Bill Cosby. It never stops. It's like these fucking shooters. It never stops. They shoot every day. Bill Cosby is a creepazoid. Let's just keep it a buck. Right? Let's just keep it. Hey, let's just keep it a buck. Let's just call it what it is. Right? Because Judy Huth met Bill Cosby when she was still a teenager. She has recounted in court papers. It was the mid-70s. Oh, my God. Bill Cosby was popping. Right? Mr. Cosby had already had his breakthrough on the TV series, I Spy with My Little Eye. (laughs) Right? On the TV series, I Spy. And he became a movie star, but was still years away from his huge success on the Cosby show. Miss Huth and a friend spotted him on a film set in a park in San Marino, California, and ended up meeting him in person, according to a court filings. Days later, she asserts in the filings, she went to Mr. Cosby's tennis club at his invitation, where he gave her and her friend alcohol before taking them to the Playboy Mansion in Los Angeles, where she accuses him of forcing her to perform a sex act on him in a bedroom Mr. Cosby has described her account as a fabrication since the case was first filed in 2014. He's a creepazoid. Right? And by the way, Judy Huth, or Huth, is white. Bruh. Hey. Hey, see what I mean, bruh? Hey, bruh. Bruh. Hey. 
hey, if a white woman can't cook, my nigga, listen, hey, hey, a black man is bound to fall in love. <laughs> right? A black man is a, hey, a black man is bound to act out of character. <laughs> right? Bill Cosby acted out of character because evidently Judy Huth or Huff, hey, can cook. She can slice and dice an onion. She can slice and dice a tomato. She's gifted in the kitchen. God damn it. Right? Bruh, hey, I don't trust white women who can cut fruit and vegetables. But listen, bruv, I trust Judy Huth. Okay? Hey, listen. Hey, hey. I trust her, and I believe her, right? I believe Judy. I believe this fucking Karen. She's keeping it a buck. Bill Cosby is a creeper fucking zoid, right? Number one, I don't trust white women who can cut fruit and vegetables. And number two, I don't trust white dudes who can shoot beams of light out of their eyes. Okay? I don't trust them niggas. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Once a white nigga starts shooting beams of light out of his eyes, bruh, he's bound to break bad. Legit, bruv, look at the fucking history, my nigga. Superman broke bad. Right? Icarus from the Eternals broke bad. Homelander from the boys broke bad, my nigga. Hey, hey, it's a broke bad mountain out here, bruv. Legit, it's a broke bad mountain out here. Yo, once a white dude starts shooting out beams of light out of his fucking eyes, bruh, it's over. Right? It's over. Something bad is bound to happen. Legit, I'm just saying, bruh, hey, I don't trust white dudes who can shoot beams of light out of their fucking eyes. All facts. Right? The only white dudes I trust are these white dudes who are out here shooting up niggas' blocks. Bruh, these niggas are mad real. America, figure it out! Ah! <laughs> How about that? Figure it out. Figure it out. You niggas are in trouble. Figure it out into mindless vassals who, who now they, they look up to some twit instead of looking up to Thomas Jefferson or, or looking up to Nikola Tesla or looking up to, uh, to Magellan. I mean, kids, Magellan's a lot cooler than Justin Bieber. He circumnavigated with one ship the entire planet. He was killed by wild natives before they got back to Portugal. And when they got back, there was only like 11 people alive of the 200 and something crew and the entire ship was rotting down to the waterline. That's destiny. That's will. That's striving. That's being a trailblazer and explorer. Going into space. Mathematics. Quantum mechanics. The secrets of the universe. It's all there. Life is fiery with its beauty. It's incredible detail. Tuning into it. They want to shatter your mind. Talking about Justin Bieber. It's pure evil! They're taking your intellect, your soul, and giving you... Evidently, America has been fighting the wrong war over the past 20 years. Right? These niggas have been focusing on the Middle East when they should have been focusing on what's happening at home. Because America is at war with itself. 
These are all fucking facts. Joe Biden, figure it out. All facts. Y'all need to figure this shit out. Because this shit is sad, bruv. I can only imagine what it feels like to lose a kid. A child. Right? I can just, bruh, yo, I can only imagine what the fucking parents are feeling. Honestly, bruv, like, I'm not a parent as yet, but, yo, fam, I can just, whoa, like, you know, it's fucking sad. Right? And of course, I'd like to send my condolences to, to those families, you know, who lost family members in this, in this crazy ass shooting, man. You know, it's fucking sad. But the American government has to figure it out. Right? America loves guns a bit too much. It's fucking weird. You niggas are not in the Middle East. And by the way, niggas in the Middle East don't even love guns. Right? Niggas own guns because the environment is fucked. Right? Niggas own guns in the Middle East because the Middle East is at war, right? And of course, America is heavily involved in that war, right? So, bruv, hey, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy, bruv. I, I really don't know what to say when it comes to this, to this topic or to this story because it's just, it's a fucking mess, Right? This story is political in nature, it's inhumane in nature, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fucking weird, man, right? It's fucking crazy that people in America consistently lose their lives in this way, right? Every single year. This happens every single year, right? Some crazy-ass incel writes a fucking manifesto, and then starts wilding, right, this problem is, it's, it's a bit, it's big, <laughs> right, it's big because it's political, it's financial, it's uh, mental illness related, it's like, bruh, it's a big problem, figure it out, right, figure it out, what a fucking mess, bro. I mean, fam, you've got world leaders out here just just sending their condolences to the USA, right? Emmanuel Macron came out and said that um, this attack is a cowardly attack. Um, he denounced this attack. He tweeted the following, and I quote, Children and teachers were murdered in a cowardly attack in their Texas school. We share the shock and grief of the American people and the rage of those who are fighting to end the violence. Pope Francis said that he's, uh, he's heartbroken. Right? He said the following, and I quote, My heart is broken over the mass shooting at the elementary school in Texas. Right? The Prime Minister of Slovakia, Eduard Heger, said the following, and I quote, I was deeply saddened by the news from Texas, where lives of children were taken in a murderous rampage. This is crazy, bruv. Right? This is fucking crazy. And Finland's Prime Minister, Sanna Marin, um, said the following with regards to this attack, and I quote, 
My heart goes out to all who lost their children and loved ones during the mass shooting at an elementary school in Texas. German and Spanish leaders also sent their fucking condolences. I mean, bruh, it's getting out of fucking hand. Okay? Figure it out! I'm just one of them people God's got to hold on. Sometimes I can't see, but I still believe he's taking care of me. I'm just one of them old people God's got to hold on. And I believe, I believe, yeah, I believe, I believe. And talking about Germany, their leader was in South Africa last week. What's that about? Hmm? Bruv, hey, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz was in South Africa last week on an official state visit. What's that about? Hmm? Bruh, hey, I think there's a deeper, darker criminal link. All fucking facts. Bruh, President Cyril Ramaphosa says his government wants to adopt aspects of Germany's education and training system and apply them in South Africa. Okay, cute. Ramaphosa was speaking at a media briefing on Tuesday last week where he was hosting German Chancellor Olaf Scholz on an official state visit. Ramaphosa said the following, and I quote, We look forward to deepening trade and investment ties with Germany. We anticipate constructive discussions around the green economy, cute, clean energy, and building climate resilience as we embark on new technologies such as hydrogen and other renewable energy. Okay. Another area of our relationship we would like to expand is that of education and skills training. There is much we can learn from the German model of dual education and how German companies integrate the training of young people in the working environment. That's cute. <laughs> That's fucking cute. Bruv. Let's cut the shit. Okay? We all know why Olaf Schultz was in South Africa last week. Right? Let's cut the shit. Right? Olaf was here for Russian gas. <laughs> That's why he was here. Let me break it down. South Africa has super close ties with Russia, right? As a matter of fact, we are both members of of BRICS, right? And uh, South Africa has failed, has failed to denounce Russia's invasion of Ukraine, right? They said, nah, 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 nah. We are not gonna denounce Vladimir V. Putin's actions towards Ukraine. Now what does that mean? It means that South Africa wants to maintain its relationship with Russia 
regardless of these war crimes that have been committed in Ukraine. Right? Cool. Now, Germany is heavily reliant on Russian gas. Super reliant, in fact. Facts. I mean, bruv, Germany gets around 40 to 55% of their gas from Russia. And they get around 35% of their oil from Russia. Hmm. Look closer. Right? Bruv, I think that Germany still wants to get Russian oil and gas. However, they cannot use the Nord Stream pipeline to get it. They have to find other ways to get the gas and oil. Right? Hence, I think that Olaf Scholz's visit to South Africa was one motivated by this fact. Right? South Africa is still closely tied to Russia. And I think the German Chancellor wants to secure a deal where Russia continues to supply Germany with gas and oil. However, however, they have to use South Africa as a bridge. Right? South Africa is going to act as a middleman. My theory goes something like this. Over the next few months or years, South Africa is going to receive Russian oil and gas on behalf of the Germans. And Germany is going to be collecting that gas and oil over here. That way, it looks as if Germany is being supplied with oil and gas by Africa. That's what I think. Right? These niggas are talking about jobs and school and hydrogen and green energy. All oh, the green economy, climate change is real. Right? Nah. I think that Olaf Schultz was in South Africa to secure that deal. To secure the oil. Right? To secure Russian gas and oil via South Africa. Because South Africa is still cool with the Russians. All facts. Right? Bruv, yo, think about it. Think about it. A few months ago, Germany was receiving around 55% of their gas from Russia. What's up, dog? What's up? I don't know, you just sound like you got a lot of information and knowledge. Uh, I got a few things. I can tell you this. Everything that's going on, both politically globally is all planned thank you bro i appreciate it have a good one dude right, thank you they are addicted to russian gas and oil okay bruv you don't just wean yourself off of that kind of addiction it doesn't work like that right 
They still need Russia. Lejebrov, trust, watch, watch. Lejebrov, Olaf Scholz was here to secure the fucking oil. And he's willing to do anything to receive Russian gas and oil. All facts. Watch, bruv. Watch what's gonna happen. Right? Study the fucking game, bruv. Study the fucking game. Legit. There's a deeper, darker criminal link. Right? The BBC is talking about how since the start of the war, Germany has reduced its dependence on Russian oil from 35% to 12%. And on Russian gas from 55% to 35%. Huh? Wait, what? Sometimes you've got a lot. Look. Like, sometimes you need the door open to me and that to come in, innit? So, like, there's different techniques and that you've got to try. I don't need this right now. Ah, uh, banter. I open the door. Well, I'm not going to tell you again. Fuck off your shit. Don't believe these motherfuckers. Okay? They are addicted to Russian gas and oil. Fam, over the first two months of the war, Germany paid almost 9 billion euros for Russian oil and gas imports. This is according to the Finnish think tank, Kreia. 9 billion euros for Russian gas and oil in the first two months, right, of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Let that sink in. I'm telling you, Olaf Scholz was here to secure the fucking oil. Watch, study the game, my nigga. Read between the fucking lines. Legit. Niggas are talking about hydrogen. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, hydrogen is going to save us all. Oh, goodbye to load shedding. Right? Our president is talking to the German chancellor about hydrogen. Nah. <laughs> Buckle the fuck up. Buckle the fuck up. South Africa is a registered business. Okay? At the SEC in America. Let that shit sink in. We are a registered business. Right? We are out here filing annual returns. Let that shit sink in, bruv. South Africa's underwriters are as follows. APSA. NetBank. FNB. HSBC. And Deutsche Bank. Is it Deutsche? 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 Right? Deutsche? Deutsche? Who gives a fuck? Right? Those are South Africa's underwriters. Right? Deutsche Bank, FNB, HSBC, NetBank, and APSA. Hey, our country is for sale. We are a fucking business. <laughs> I'm a businessman with a business plan I'm gonna make you money in business land I'm a cool guy talking about GameStop I'm definitely not a cop Why'd you say you're not a cop? Because I'm not I think that you're a cop I also think that you're a cop Now listen boys, you better both stop Or I'll have you arrested I'm not a cop I'm a businessman with a business tan I spend my days in a big black unmarked van If you wanna talk turkey, I'm here to talk shop I'm definitely not a cop You're a motherfucking cop I can tell from the way that you stand And you said that you worked in an unmarked well, listen, boys, I'm not a cop. I'm a businessman in a coffee shop with a loaded pistol and a bulletproof vest. I saw my wife get killed by the drug cartel. 
I'm not a cop. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. I found it to be very straightforward and trustworthy. I was able to um, get a sense of his soul. I wouldn't have invited him to my ranch if I didn't trust him. The part that Russia has played in the international community since the 11th of September has been remarkable. I mean, we have cooperation today that would have been really unthinkable just a short time ago. The sehr freundschaftlichen Zusammenarbeit zwischen Russland und Deutschland, die vermutlich nie so gut war, wie sie jetzt ist, ist Vertrauen. I am confident that this new level of cooperation between NATO's members and Russia will now change the world and for the better. Поэтому предлагаю с этого момента штаб-квартиру НАТО переименовать в Дом Советов. Думаю, что это неплохое предложение. I will declare that to be a joke. <laughs> Do I trust him? Yeah, I trust him. Russian heavy guns were firing at Georgian positions inside Georgia. Buildings are burning from the last airstrike and people are warning that the Russian Air Force may soon be back. I brought with me today a, a big delegation of British business, all with an interest in expanding their trade with Russia. We seek a significant and sensible approach to economic development across our continent, and to that end we'll now be closely interconnected for decades to come. J'ai trouvé un homme très au fait de ces dossiers, très calme, très intelligent. I'm aware of the extraordinary work that you've done uh, on behalf of the Russian people. Breaking news from Ukraine. Overnight, armed men seize control of two government buildings as Putin announces he's sending troops. Many of Putin's critics have mysteriously become ill or died. Apparent vicious political assassination of one of President Vladimir Putin's most outspoken critics. A new report about Russian interference in the presidential election. Next, a look at how strong the evidence is that points to the Putin government. Former Russian spy is in a critical condition in hospital. Investigators suspect the Kremlin could be behind the incident in Salisbury on Sunday. He says great things about me. I'm going to say great things about him. He's been a leader far more than our president has been a leader. We Wouldn't it be great if we actually got along with Russia? Am I wrong in saying that? Wouldn't it be great? I believe that President Putin really feels, and he feels strongly, that he did not meddle in our election. He's not going into Ukraine, okay? Just so you understand. He's not going to go into Ukraine.
The time is January of any year. The place is the city of Cape Town in the complex country of South Africa. The occasion is the opening of Parliament. The people are, of course, South Africans. No matter what their occupation, their looks, their racial background, their color. The self-governing country known as the Union of South Africa comprises four provinces which came together in legislative unity in 1910. The general principles of British democratic government form the basis on which South Africa is governed. Although the country is completely independent, Her Majesty the Queen is represented here by a Governor General who officiates at the opening of Parliament. He is himself a South African. The parade of uniforms is the prelude to the opening ceremony, the beginning of a new year in South Africa. Even a few minutes in South Africa will be enough to inform the visitor that the country has at least two of almost everything. There are two major race groups, white and non-white. There are two official languages, two national anthems and two capitals. The government offices are in Pretoria, but Parliament meets here in Cape Town. believe all the world will be changed into this uh, kind of uh, of uh, political regime which is uh, Jamahiriya and uh, the future will be the future of uh, Jamahiriyas in the world and uh, we only open the the era of masses, the era of Jamahiriyas as the uh, French uh, revolution uh, established the era of uh, republics, and we here, we can say Libya, now is establishing the era of Jamaicans. We were raised on sugar, water, and movite. Our black heroes got superseded by Snow White. You ever seen Brenda Fassi sing on a kite? Or dropping classic shit like a bird's ass in the light? Special, like a flick from Dirk Kite. Every weekend was a movie that brought in more green than Melakite. The grass ain't, the kids aren't all right. Eventually, every soul I lose a sight. Niggas go call God when it's on sight. Nigga, where I'm from? A silent night is the furthest thing from a holy night. In this life, you've gotta be Hawkeye with every fight. Beauty is in the eye of the freeloader. I hope your daughter doesn't believe the hype that we sold her. I hope she doesn't believe the game that we told her. Instagram made your son a fictitious beholder. Brain lost in a sea of BBLs. Your big boy a loser. He believes all this makeup that's casting spells. We 
are just quantized fields that had Gaddafi killed. Battle of certainty, where his blood got spilled. Good or bad, sane or mad, he was Africa first. The water that quenched Nelson Mandela's thirst. They took everything from Mother Africa's purse. Everywhere NATO goes, you'll see a hearse. We lost the Jamahiria. Now we are slaves to the IMF without the gold dinner. Tap dancing for Massa, tears during the Macarena. We came, we saw. Nigga, I spit so hard. The World Bank would want to ban my quotes. Please don't ban my notes. I want my money censor riff. I'll be hard to censor riff. I encrypt my sick bars and riffs. Tumamina is a malignant cancer stiff. Let's focus on the here and now. My aura is edifying as I endow you with a superpower. If you don't feel me now, please kill me now. Nigga, our leaders? Looting is in their blood. It lives in their cells like a lifer. My whole album a cipher. I snapped all over this shit like a rabbit rapping at my car Pfeiffer. Fantastical. My every bar magical. All things about your life are comical. Like El Madrigal. So what's up, dog? Your block ain't got terriers. All your niggas are prairie dogs. No queens in your kingdom. All those birds of a feather flock together like coagulated saws on a nigga with monkeypox. Africa lost in a void. The kids are on syrup, nyaupe, and tropane alkaloid. Paranoid, love devoid, unemployed, living without a care. Opioids, they are energy on Icarus, dancing with solar flares like asteroids. Oh, is it a classic? It just came out. Nigga, listen to it. Then go to sleep, wake up, listen to it again, nigga. It's a classic. I ain't gonna say it again. It's a classic. I'm not classic. Look. So you want to take over for Letterman. You want to host Late Show on CBS. Yeah, that's... Well, here's the thing with that champ. That's short for champion. If you want to be a talk show host, it's better if you're funny. Now, there have been some guys who are not funny. Tom Snyder... David Suskind, Ted Koppel, but funny's better. Now, have you ever had any experience with being funny? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a comedian. You're a comedian. Well, I've known you for a week and you haven't made me laugh once. I had no idea you were a comedian. I thought you were a newsman. No, I'm not a newsman. I'm a, I'm a comedian. Jesus. Well, all right. Let's see it. See what? See the funny. Make me laugh. Go. Go? Go. Funny. Three, two, one. I'm go. I'm not that kind of funny. What kind of funny? The kind where you just say go and I'm funny. All right. I think you better leave my office. Jack. Mr. Dahl, I, I look, there's different kinds of funny, right? There's different kinds of performers. I'm not that kind of performer. Let me tell you what kind of what you are. You're whatever you have to be to make people laugh. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. You turn it on on a dime. You get that belly moving, son, or you're out. Now tell the truth. You're just scared, like a rookie. You're like some kid at a talent show with a number pinned to your shirt. You got nothing or you would have shown me now. So get out. 
Thank you. Have a nice day. Fine. Lick, I, I can't, I can't, I can't give up on this. I don't, uh... This is either a, a, a door or a wall for me, and I, it's either the beginning or the end. I, I don't... I Please. Okay, then. Let's see the funny. Three, two, one, go. Funny. This is it, bud. You want me to start at one and go up? One, two, three, funny. Okay. Last chance, and then we're really done. Done and done. Let's go, kid. You want the big gig? Let's see it. Make me laugh at the count of three. One, two. I'd like to take this moment to thank the city of Cape Town. Cape Town is amazing. And bruv, ever since Cape Town became the new Dubai, nothing has been the same in South Africa. So bruv, I'd like to say thank you to Cape Town for keeping all of these queens dick-occupied and dick-employed during this year pandemic. I mean, bruv, it's been a tough time. Let's be honest, right? Let's keep it a thousand. It's been a tough time. It's been a truly dark time, and Cape Town has kept the lights on. So thank you, Cape Town. Wow, bruv, it's beautiful, right? What Cape Town has done for South African women is amazing. It's incredible. Fam, it's truly beautiful seeing a girl from Dobsonville getting seasick on a yacht in Cape Town while Sijukotin plays in the background. It's fucking incredible, right? It's poetry in motion. So thank you, Cape Town. Some we are the best and they know. Nigga, you need you alone. 
Nigga, I give you a loan. After that, leave me alone. I told my niggas we own. Gwetin, gwetin. Tavela chin, gwetin. Tavela slam, ba boy. Sigila slam, ba boy. When una manga boy, nyangona ni koga ma fake. When una manga boy, nyangona ni koga ma fake. Sizukatin, sizukatin. Sizukatin, sizukatin. Sizukatin, sizukatin. Sizukatin. I thought I told y'all like three years ago we was coming And if niggas can pay for these fucking awards then my nigga I don't want them the rap life's just getting awkward I made a million from selling vodka The boss man don't like my conduct Somebody said I don't drink the product He told me fuck it, it's next level I told him fuck it, let's do it then Where's your assistant? Give me a pen You'd have a million if you was in You'd get a million if you were them Niggas is sleeping, we in the gym Pockets is fat like my nigga slim Came to perform in this Philip Lim Sifukwatin, gwatin Tavela chin, gwatin Tavela slam, ba boy Sigila slam, ba boy When una manga, boy Wow, what a song. Rest in peace to Ricky Rick Mercado. Salute. Now, bruv, let's keep it a buck. Right? I want to be honest. I'm an honest motherfucker, bruv. Fam, hey, if I was Vladimir Putin, I was going to do the same thing. Okay? I know, I know, you are wondering. Oh, what's Maui talking about, bruv? Hey, I was going to do the same thing. Okay? I was going to ban Nelson Mandela from entering Russia, too. Legit! Hey, bruv! Respect Vladimir Vulavala Putin's agency. Right? He's just being true to his fucking nature. I was gonna do the same thing. Nelson Mandela for what? For who? All fucking facts. Niggas be like, oh, but Nelson Mandela would like to visit Moscow. I be like, nah, bruv. Stay over there. Right? Stay wherever the fuck you are at, Nelson. You don't belong over here. Niggas wanna visit St. Petersburg? Nah, nigga, chill. Take it easy. Right? I was gonna do the same thing. 
Right? Ban these motherfuckers, Vladimir. I mean, bruv, hey, hey. According to a lot of people, right? Nelson Mandela is a sellout. Okay? Bruh, hey, I want to see the Codessa receipts. I mean, bruv, who owns our democracy? Who made money from our democracy? Nelson Mandela sucks for sacrificing a few soldiers for millions of South Africans. Legit, Nelson Mandela should have prioritized people like Chris Honey. Fuck the millions of black people who are oppressed by the National Party. Fuck those niggas. Mr. De Klerk is not the president of South Africa. <laughs> he is the president of the whites. January 1994. Nelson Mandela at a party congress. Relaxed. I mean, bruv, who gives a fuck about the millions of black South Africans who would have died if South Africa would have had a civil war? Who cares about them niggas? Who gives a fuck about the future of the black community in South Africa? Nobody cares. Right? Niggas want war. <laughs> niggas be out here calling Nelson Mandela a fucking sellout for negotiating with the National Party. <laughs> Evidently, he fucked up. Right? Nelson Mandela fucked up for freeing this nation. He fucked up, bro. Hey, I want to see the Codessa receipts. Evidently, he fucked up. Right? Niggas want war. Right? Niggas want to go to war with the National Party. That's what niggas want. <laughs> These motherfuckers be out here acting like they are built for it. Right? Bro, have y'all seen MK Veterans? Have y'all seen them niggas? Bruh, hey, them niggas weren't ready. Legit, bruv. Fam, hey, the National Party had heavy artillery. Them niggas weren't ready. They weren't ready. Niggas be out here talking about guerrilla fighters. Them niggas weren't ready. The fuck are you niggas talking about? Nelson Mandela did the math. Right? He did the fucking math. And he was like, bruh, hey, if we go to war with the national party, <laughs> this shit is not gonna work. Okay? It's not gonna pass. Neeman, uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's not gonna work. Right? But niggas want war. Right? <laughs> niggas want war. Niggas be out here calling Nelson Mandela a fucking sellout. So what? What? Chris Honey's life? Huh? Was way more valuable than the lives of millions of black South Africans? Huh? Yeah. Hey, hey, what? Huh? Is that what you niggas believe? Huh? Bruh, hey, hey, Nelson Mandela <laughs> was a sellout. Right? According to you niggas, Nelson Mandela was a fucking sellout. Yep. You can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. Nelson Mandela was a sellout and he sucks for sacrificing a few soldiers and a few comrades for millions of black South Africans. Bruh, hey, let's go to war. Right? That's what you niggas want. Right? Let's do what Chris Honey wanted. Let's go to war with the National Party. Let's burn this shit down. Right? That's what I say. 
bloodshed is the only answer. And evidently, Vladimir Voroso, ki Voroso, Putin gets it. Right? He understands bloodshed. The Jibrov, hence he banned Nelson Rolithatha Freeman and 962 other weirdos. Right? <laughs> Who are evidently dying to build lovely Russian-speaking families in Moscow. Russia is the home of the brave. The home of the free. I mean, bruv, hey, Russian women are out here complaining about Chanel. Right? Right? Them bitches have no problems. They are out here complaining about Chanel on Instagram. They are out here burning their luxury Chanel bags for sport. I mean, bruv, they are doing exactly what these luxury brands do anyway. Что мне дни, что мне эти минуты, возьмите себе Или отдайте кому-то вечности Пожалуй, не так уж и много, если есть назад Хотя бы одна дорога, стань я вновь Моими рваными джинсами без тебя Я не понимаю прозу, я забью На все свои прежние принципы ветер, ночь Ты пистолеты и розы Luxury brands burn unsold products all the time. It's fun. I mean, bruv, who cares? Huh? Who gives a fuck? Who cares about the crocodile they killed to make a couple of unsold leather iPhone cases? Shit happens. Bruv, Russia is fun. Ask my nigga Edward Snowden. I'm pretty sure he's having a good time in Russia. Right? I'm pretty sure he's having fun in Russia. I mean, bruv, he's always attending conferences as a bodiless robot. Thank you, Mother Russia, for making the Terminator real. And of course, thank you for banning Morgan Della Freeman from your vast vista of hope. Russia is a beautiful country. Legit, I'd like to live in Russia, right? Russia is incredible, bruv. Fam, actors and filmmakers, Morgan Freeman and Rob Rayner, were included on a list of 963 Americans banned from entering Russia, released by the country's foreign ministry last week, Saturday. Bruh, what the fuck did Morgan Freeman do? The list also includes President Biden, Vice President Harris, and other members of the Biden administration. Bruh, what the fuck <laughs> did Morgan Freeman do? Hey, listen. Listen, it makes sense that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are on the fucking list. But, bruh, why is Morgan Freeman on the list? <laughs> bruh, the fuck is going on? Bruh, hey, Rainer's and Freeman's entries on the list appear to make reference to their work together in support of the Committee to Investigate Russia, a non-profit focused on fighting Russian interference in U.S. elections. Somebody explain to me what the really fuck is going on inside this motherfucking world. Huh? Shit too much for me now. I can't take it no more. Reyna is on the advisory board of the group which launched in 2017, while Morgan Freeman voiced over a video it released. Ah, suddenly, it all makes sense. <laughs> right? We have been attacked, Morgan Freeman said in the video, 
referring to Russia's interference in the 2016 presidential election. We are at war, he continued. Morgan Freeman called on then-president Donald Trump to use every resource available to conduct a thorough investigation to determine exactly how this happened. The Committee to Investigate Russia said in 2017 that its aim was to help Americans recognize and understand the gravity of Russia's continuing attacks on our democracy, well, their democracy. In a statement accompanying the release of the list on Saturday, last week Saturday, the Russian Foreign Ministry said that the sanctions were a response to those imposed against the country over its invasion of Ukraine. My name is Camilla. I'm in the 11th grade. I'm interested in politics and activism. In our country, you can die from everything that's going on. Everything has been destroyed, from the economy to the benches outside residential buildings. For me, Putin and his gang are to blame. Everyone calls them that, because they're a gang of crooks who have taken power. They divide the money up however they want. They're involved in killings. They're a criminal organization who use threats, murder and forgery to take over companies and put people in prison. They're not just kleptomaniacs. They are real criminals. In the context of response to the constantly imposed anti-Russian sanctions by the United States and in connection with incoming requests about the personal composition of our national stop list, the Russian Foreign Ministry publishes a list of American citizens who are permanently banned from entering the Russian Federation, the ministry said. Bruv, hey, how delusional are these motherfuckers like fam yo yo just how delusional is vladimir v putin and his fucking acolytes fam nobody wants to come to russia okay and the people that y'all niggas have put on this fucking dumbass list hey them niggas don't want to come to russia they don't give a flying fuck about Russia. What the fuck are we talking about? How delusional are the Russians? I mean, bruv, let's keep it a buck. Right? Right? Vladimir Putin is losing this fucking war. Right? Bruh, I'm looking at a heat map. Right? Of his army. <laughs> bruh, the Russian army is shrinking by the day. Did y'all know that? Bruh, yo, I'm looking at a fucking heat map. They had a lot of soldiers in March, right? <laughs> and the number of soldiers they had from March to April, bruh, hey, dropped by the thousands, okay? And now that it's May, they literally have five soldiers fighting in Ukraine. Bruh, what the fuck is Vladimir Putin doing? Like, what is he doing? Fam, Russia's shrinking war. The goals of Russia's invasion keep getting smaller. 
but its depleted military is still failing to make major advances and time is on Ukraine's side. What the fuck is going on, bruv? Hey, Vladimir, wrap it up. After failing to topple Ukraine's government in Kyiv, Russia redeployed troops for a far less ambitious goal, seize the rest of the Donbass, beyond the area where Russia had already advanced a month ago. Hey, Vladimir, let it go. Russia's military has overwhelming superiority in weapons, if not man, tanks, warplanes, helicopters, and heavy artillery. But a month into the battle for the East, Russia has made only gradual progress along the Eastern Front. Vladimir, Vladimir, you are losing. And in a sign of strength, Ukrainian counterattacks have retaken ground outside Kharkiv, diverting Russian forces and threatening their supply lines. Let it go, sir. Let it go. Again and again, Russia's military has had to accept the difficult reality that it doesn't have the force necessary to fight in too many places at once. Let it go! I got more than enough in my locker Brother, I'm a warrior, I feel like Rocky the moment he got up This some championships, I just keep on landing I know it ain't just about all the bangs you hit But I'm still here standing, taking on the whole lot while I'm off my rocker But I got more than enough in my locker Kick me on the ground and I'll bite your foot, we don't know about stop We know about loss after loss, it will turn you soft, turn me to a boss A survivor, made a fury, glad that it made me wilder Could have battles, they made me wiser Cover my locker in petrol and watch it light up the area with the most critical battles is only 75 miles wide and includes three key cities, Sloviansk, Kramatorsk, and Sivirodonesk. Bruh, hey, let it go. Russia's war is now focused on this area. Well, I'm looking at a map, so sorry. Right. The Kremlin is targeting five routes to Sloviansk. And that will allow it to encircle tens of thousands of Ukrainian troops. It has moved closer in places, but it still hasn't broken through. Bruh, Vladimir. Ah, Aman. Ah, ah. Let it go, sir. An enormous Russian force has gathered in Izium and regularly sends units down the main highway to Sloviansk. You're a fool if you think man's pretending I've been round there with my bad boyfriend them I showed man that my shank ain't bending So it's a shame that his teeth ain't ending How many times have I been outside And I left a man's t-shirt drenched in Still got Putin's pending Leave all your bridges trending What you know about phone line beating Coming like everybody wanna get high today There was no gas on that bando stove So we put that grub in the microwave Give me your drop on the pagans them And I swear I get round there right away Give me your drop on the pagans them And I swear I get round there right away Artillery shells, frontline villages, tanks better Ukrainian defenses, and attack helicopters fly overhead. Both sides have taken heavy casualties, but Russia has failed to overwhelm the Ukrainian fighters who have held their positions for weeks. 
in an attempt to cut off Ukrainian supply lines. Russian soldiers have also targeted the main road and rail line connecting Slovyansk to the rest of Ukraine. But this advance has stalled too. Each failed attempt takes a toll on Russia's already depleted military as soldiers are injured or killed and units become smaller and less effective. Vladimir, you are losing this fucking war, bruv. Let it go. <laughs> like, oh, for sport, the man. <laughs> like this fucking guy. Let it go, my nigga. Another advance has made more progress, taking some villages and farmland north of the town of Lyman, which is now under direct attack. Russia's playbook to capture towns and villages with limited manpower is brutal. Destroy urban areas with heavy artillery and rocket fire and then move in a few days later. This strategy suits the depleted Russian army, which does not have the troops required for sustained urban warfare. Let it go, my nigga. Like, bruh, hey, yo, Vladimir, what for, Stantor? <laughs> it's not working out. Like, bruv, how delusional is Vladimir Putin? This shit is not working out. Like, bruh, how about, hey, tell your fucking troops to come back home, right? Instead of banning Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, how about, how about, hey, stop the fucking bleeding, my nigga. Legit, how about cut the shit? You are losing this fucking war. Ultimately, as we all know, what stops armed bad guys is armed good guys. Ukrainian forces have another key defensive resource impeding Russian progress, the Sevesky Donetsk River. When a Russian battalion tried to use pontoon bridges to cross the river this month, it was a complete disaster. Public evidence suggests that well over 400 Russian soldiers may have been killed or wounded by Ukrainian artillery. You are losing the war, sir. Let it go. As advances north of Slovyansk have slowed or stalled, Russia has started fighting for an even smaller area the city of Sivirodonesk. As the easternmost city is still under Ukrainian control, Sivirodonesk is exposed to Russian artillery on multiple sides. Shelling has destroyed vast areas of the city and civilians are left with no electricity or running water. Brutal. Ukrainian officials expect a siege similar to what Mariupol experienced. Ukrainian troops will likely hold on to Sivrodonesk as long as they can, while inflicting as many losses on Russia's military as possible. Russia's military has gained ground elsewhere in the Donbass. It has finally taken over Mariupol after negotiating the surrender of the last significant pocket of Ukrainian fighters in the Azovstal steel plant. 
it also forced Ukrainian forces to withdraw from Popasna after relentless shelling and missile strikes left no buildings for them to defend the city from. In a threatening advance, Russia is now moving north from Popasna to try to encircle troops in Sivirodonesk and prevent supplies getting in from the west. But they're still failing. These niggas are failing. So, I mean, that is the land of unconfirmed Yes, we came, we saw, he died. <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit? No, I'm sure it did. They are failing because these victories aren't enough for Russia to gain control of the Donbass. And its problems may only worsen as the war drags on. Russian forces are inflicting immense losses on the Ukrainian military, but they are coming at a cost to Russia's own supply of troops and equipment. At the same time, Ukraine continues to receive weapons from NATO countries that will better equip it for launching counterattacks. Ukraine also has a more reliable supply of fighters than Russia does. President Vladimir Vorosoky Putin of Russia has been reluctant to order a national draft. And so Moscow is fighting at near peacetime staffing levels. Всім добрий вечір. Лідер фракції тут. Голова офісу президента тут. Прем'єр-міністр Шмигаль тут, Подоляк тут, президент тут, всі ми тут, наші військові тут, громадяни суспільства тут, всі ми тут. Захищаємо нашу незалежність, нашу державу. І так буде і далі. Слава нашим захисникам, слава нашим захисницям. Слава Україні! Слава Україні! Vladimir Putin is reluctant to order a national draft. You see that? Right? He's reluctant because he knows that if he does order a national draft, the Russian people are going to turn on him. And listen, bruv, they are already beginning to flip. Right? Now, bruv, if he pulls that fucking trigger and orders a national draft, he's fucked, right? Because that might be his fucking downfall. If he orders a fucking national draft, that will spark a coup. Legit. That will spark national unrest. Motherfuckers are gonna be protesting all over the fucking place. All fucking facts. Right? If Vladimir orders a national draft, he's fucked. It's over. It's over. It's over for Vladimir Varazake Putin. It's over. Right? Without enlisting more troops, there is only so long that Russia can continue to push forward. Еще раз обращаюсь к военнослужащим вооруженных сил Украины. Не позволяйте неонацистам и бендеровцам использовать ваших детей, ваших жен и стариков в качестве живого щита. Берите власть в свои руки. 
Похоже, нам с вами будет легче договориться, чем с этой шайкой наркоманов и неонацистов, которая засила в Киеве и взяла в заложники весь украинский народ. The farther that Russian troops push, the longer their supply lines become, and the more exposed they are to Ukrainian counterattacks. So Russia has to reposition troops to defend territory it has already won. Russia has a limited window to re-establish momentum and make significant advances. After that, it may be forced into more defensive positions, and the war could drift into a stalemate. With troops and equipment dwindling, the battle for the Donbass is likely to be the last major offensive of the war. Vladimir, let it go. Okay? Let it Go. It's over, my nigga. Like, just let it go. rate it's all ego right vladimir putin is continuing with this fucking bloodbath because of ego that's it right he's doing this for ego now he's losing the fucking war let it go my nigga it's over your people are dying like yo dude your men are being slaughtered in ukraine let it go Forget about it. How about that? And bruv, talking about invasions, President Joe Biden said that the United States would intervene militarily if China was to invade Taiwan. He said that the burden to protect Taiwan is even stronger after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Bruh, hey, There's a war going on outside. Niggas ain't safe from. Jay, keep your fucking head on a swivel, South Africa. Hey, hey, if you drive hey, a Toyota Hilux or a Volkswagen Polo, keep your fucking head on a swivel. Bruh, hey, keep your head on a swivel because Fidelity Secure Drive has recorded high levels of car hijackings and explained which vehicles are the most commonly hijacked in South Africa. White or silver-gray Toyota Hilexes and Volkswagen Polos are the most hijacked vehicles in South Africa. Keep your fucking head on a swivel. Right? Hey, keep your head. On a swivel. Ain't nobody safe. There's a war going on outside, my nigga. Right? There's a war going on outside. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Come 
Ah, man. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Come on, man. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. Come on, man. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense, and that rarely ever occurs. Come on, man. I got hairy legs. Come on, man. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Come on, man. I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Come on, man. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. My nigga, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I'm ready. The J-Brof, I'm fucking ready. Right? I'm out here doing jujitsu. Right? Kicking walls and shit. I'm ready. Bruh, hey, buckle the fuck up. Strap up. Ain't nobody safe. There's a war going on outside. Bruh, hey, Sri Lanka is running out of food, medicine, gas, and money. Bruh, hey, there's a war going on outside. Legit, bruh. Sri Lanka is running out of food, medicine, gas, and money. But the tourists just keep on coming. You motherfuckers, you motherfuckers love third world countries. You'll love that shit. Right? You'll love struggling nations. You'll love visiting struggling nations. Do better. Bruv, the monkeypox is out here. COVID-19 is still out here. Keep your fucking head on a swivel. That's all I'm saying. Bruv, even as the country buckles under the weight of its worst economic crisis on record, tourists continue to flock to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. What's there? Niggas are running out of food in Sri Lanka. Bruh, hey, niggas are running out of medicine, gas, and money. The fuck are you doing? The fuck are you niggas doing? Visiting a country that's running out of food and medicine. You niggas be out there chilling at fancy ass resorts in Sri Lanka. While the fucking populace is running out of food, medicine, gas and money. Somebody's trying to call me. Can you hear that? Huh? Bruh, I'm an artist. <laughs> right? And evidently, somebody is trying to fucking disturb my vibe, my energy. Bruh, I'm a creative. Don't be out here calling me while I'm cooking. Don't call me while I'm cooking. Bruh, allow me to cook. Niggas be out here summoning me. Who the fuck are they, Chris Jenner? The fuck I look like, bro? Hey, I am not Chris Jenner chef. Look at me, my nigga. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I am not Chris Jenner's fucking golden retriever of a chef. Respect my agency. I'm a creative, right? 
I'm out here recording. I'm out here cooking. I'm out here spitting facts. I'm out here preaching. I'm out here teaching. Might as well is a new pedagogy. I'm teaching the fucking nation. My vibe is edifying. Look at me. My vibe is edifying. The jib, bruv. I'm out here cooking. And niggas are trying to call me. Don't call me, bro. Hey, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Don't know about you. Right? But but I know about me. Bro, I cook. Let me cook. Let me do my thing. All fucking fake. Niggas be out here calling me. Ding, 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 ding. Let me. Hey, bro, leave me alone. Let me be, my nigga. I ain't trying to talk to you, niggas. Let me be. I ain't trying to talk to you, niggas. Bruh, I'm out here talking to myself. You know why? You know why? I fucks with my fucking company. I love myself, my nigga. There's what it is. It is what it is. But I fucking digress. Right? You fucking assholes. Are out there chilling at fancy resorts in a country that's running out of food. A country that's running out of medicine. What if you get sick whilst visiting Sri Lanka? What then? Huh? What if you get sick while you are over there? What then? The fuck? Bruv, while images from the capital show the burned-out shells of cars and buses toppled over into lakes. International visitors continue to fly in. Bruh, you niggas got balls. You motherfuckers, nah, nah, nah. You niggas are stronger than me. You niggas are better than me. Right? Evidently, you niggas have to see the fucking world. Evidently, it's important that you niggas see the world. I have to travel, right? Traveling is good for your mind, your brain, your body, your spirit, your soul, your heart. You have to travel. See the world, Maui. Right? Visit Sri Lanka. Visit Rwanda. Nigga, no! Sri Lanka is on fire! And you niggas are still going there? You motherfuckers are flying into Sri Lanka in droves. Bruh, you niggas are braver than me. Legit, right? International visitors continue to fly in, hoping to take advantage of a cheap tourism market still in post-pandemic recovery mode. It comes across as a series of disconnects, but the locals are encouraging it. Bruh, bruh, yo, we live in a crazy world. Bruh, up is down, down is up, left is right, the fuck is going on? The locals are welcoming these fucking tourists. Bruh, what? 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 I'm... Bruh, this story is paradoxical in nature. Oh, I mean, bruv, the locals are burning the country to the fucking ground. 
But at the same time, they are welcoming tourists with open arms. Like, uh, what? Huh? What? 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 Nigga, what, what's going on? In Sri Lanka, my nigga, what's happening? I'm confused right now. I'm lost in the fucking sauce. What's happening? Bruv, where it is? Sri Lanka is experiencing its worst economic crisis on record. Grocery store shelves are empty. Medicine is running out and people are waiting for hours just to get gas. But even so, tourists keep on coming. And the locals keep encouraging it. I'm confused. I am lost in the fucking sauce. What's going on on this fucking planet? Huh? The fuck is going on? Bruv, yo, 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 humanity is confusing. Legit. I brought, nah, this story proves just how complex human beings are. Legit, we are fucking complex. Right? What? Niggas are burning the country to the fucking ground. Right? But at the same time, they are welcoming tourists. What? Huh? What? You niggas are running out of food. Y'all are running out of medicine. You niggas don't have gas. But, but, y'all are welcoming the world. <laughs> into your country. Like, hey, what? And listen, listen, I'm all for traveling the world, right? Do that if you want to do that, right? And if you have the money to do that, do that. Go in, do your fucking thing. I'm all for tourism, right? But bruh, hey, this shit doesn't make sense. These niggas are running out of food and medicine, but they are still welcoming the world into their country. That's confusing. All fucking facts. That's confusing. How about, how about, like, fix your fucking country first? Right? Tackle the fucking problems that are plaguing your nation first before welcoming the world. Legit, you niggas are running out of food. But you're like welcoming more stomachs into the country. What? You niggas are running out of food, but you're like welcoming more fucking appetites into the country. Bruh, what? Huh? That's confusing. Well, I'm like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Do better. Legit. And by the way, FYI. A hot, deadly summer is coming, right? With frequent blackouts worldwide. A massive climate crisis right now. The world is literally on fire. The Amazon is burning. It is only the beginning of spring. And already Queensland and New South Wales are on fire. And we are expecting worse to come. Droughts are pushing farmers to the brink. Animals are disappearing because water is running out. Extreme heat is putting the most vulnerable in our communities at huge risk. Half of the Great Barrier Reef has been devastated due to climate change heating up our oceans. 
and that's just today. What about tomorrow? This is predicted to get a lot worse if we don't act now. In a terrifying Europe. I'm afraid that nature might just decide to retard me. I had a heart to heart with our mother earth. And she said to me, son, you need me more than I need you. I was created for you. You were formed from me to take care of me until you return to me. So you need me more than I need you. Buckle up. Keep your fucking head on a swivel. Because there won't be enough energy supplies to go around. As sweltering heat boosts power demand in the months ahead and putting lives at risk. Buckle up. Climate change is mad real. Buckle the fuck up. Because a hot, deadly summer is coming with frequent blackouts from the United States to Asia. Bruh, hey, South Africa is already used to blackouts. Right? Like, bruh, hey, we have mastered blackouts. Blackouts in South Africa have a fancy name. Right? They are called load shedding. Yeah. Right? Rolling blackouts are called load shedding. That's fancy. Right? It sounds nice. It sounds like we are losing weight. <laughs> right? It sounds like the nation is getting healthier. We are load shedding. Right, South Africa is low shedding. We are the healthiest country on this here fucking planet. We are used to this shit. Right? But the West, the West is not used to this shit. So buckle up. Legit, bruv, buckle the fuck up. Bruh, hey, hey, at this rate, at this rate, let's really become healthy. Let's all become vegetarians. Fuck it. Right, because vegetarians could have a lower risk of cancer compared with meat eaters. God damn it. A new study has found. Fuck. Vegetarians could have a lower risk of developing cancer compared with meat eaters, according to a study. Compared with regular meat eaters, those who consume small amounts of meat have a 2% lower risk of cancer, while pescatarians who eat fish and vegetables have a 10% reduced risk, and vegetarians are 14% less likely to develop cancer. God damn it. I'm a meat eater. Right? But listen, I don't eat a lot of meat, but, but I'm a meat eater. Right? My family, listen, I'm, I'm a goner! Evidently, I'm a goner. According to this fucking study, my life is over. Right? Because these niggas are experts. And experts said that, fuck, the people who do not eat a lot of meat had a 9% lower risk of developing bowel cancer compared with regular meat eaters. God damn it. And vegetarian women were 18% less likely to develop postmenopausal breast cancer compared with those who eat a regular amount of meat. God damn it. Brah, my wife is pescatarian. She's gonna live longer, right? 
It's written in the fucking stars. She's gonna live longer than me. I'm a meat eater. I'm fucked. And listen, bruv, I'm not giving up my meat. Okay? I'm not giving up my meat. I'm like Benzino. <laughs> I'm like Benzino. Okay? Benzino is definitely not giving up that meat. <laughs> Bruh, there's a banana in a Benzino. Jay, bruv, we are fucked. We are fucked. Niggas are running out of food in Sri Lanka, but they are welcoming tourists. Niggas are running out of money, but they are welcoming tourists. And bruv, according to billionaire Leon Cooperman, Having a 400,000 US diesels income doesn't make you rich. God damn it. Bro, your billionaires are different. Baby, go, pay that, go, go. Bitch, go on here, being over. Bitch, go ahead and shake that ass. Go ahead and shake it. Bitch, go on here, being over. Bitch, go ahead and shake that ass. Go ahead and shake it. Bitch, go on. Ooh, wee. Look what that money maker bitch do. Billionaires play the game by a different set of rules. These niggas are different. These motherfuckers are animals. Bruv, billionaire investor Leon Cooperman said he doesn't consider someone earning $400,000 a year as rich. After that figure was proposed by President Joe Biden and House Democrats in plans to raise taxes on wealthy households. Bruv, Leon came out and said the following, and I quote, I believe that rich people should pay more in taxes. The question we have to deal with as a nation is coalesced around the question, what should the maximum tax rate be on wealthy people? And they say, well, it's, it's not all about the money. Well, your kids can't eat legacy. Mm -hmm. Patches on my trunk, that's 30 million alone. So who's really the smartest one? In a sport of boxing. If you don't, if you guys don't want to see me do no exhibitions, don't come. Don't watch. When it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. I don't care if y'all write good stories. I don't care if y'all write bad stories. At the end of the day, I will always have a last laugh. Damn, I'm writing a story about Floyd. But look at the house I go to. And look at the house he go to. Then all the guys that y'all said was extraordinary. The Canelos and the Pacquiao's, I made them look ordinary. And then when I see it's a chance for me to do a heist, a quick, <laughs> a quick heist, at the end of the day, I'm the smart one. He said, oh, Floyd don't look good like he used to look. My bank account looking better and better each and every day. Cooperman, who's 78 years old, by Boomer, called talk of wealth taxes baloney. Bruh, yo. Yo, yo, what's more boomer than using the word baloney in 2022? He's a boomer, right? Hey, he's a boomer, and it's all good, right? Hey, bruv, it's all good. Hey, Sri Lanka, how about, how about do better because the way you niggas are moving is baloney. Ah, boomer, right? Hey, hey, boomer, right? Baloney is, 
is so baby boomer, it hurts. Legit. Baby boom to do 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 baby boom to do 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 baby boom to do 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 baby boom baby boom to do 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 baby boom to do 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 baby boom to do 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 baby boom bruv a diplomat at Russia's mission to the United Nations in Geneva has resigned over the war in Ukraine god damn it fuck fuck this is crazy, writing that he has never been so ashamed of his country. Nigga, you gotta be ashamed of yourself, nigga. Real talk, you gotta be ashamed of yourself. All as you is. In a rare public rebuke of the war from within the Russian government, the diplomat came out and said the following, and I quote, For 20 years of my diplomatic career, I have seen different turns of our foreign policy. But never have I been so ashamed of my country as on Feb 24th of this year, he wrote, referring to the date the invasion was launched. I'm so, I'm so sorry. It's been impossible. We've been up against so much and it just ain't ready. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Reached by phone. By the Associated Press last week Monday, Bondarev confirmed that he had handed his resignation in a letter addressed to Ambassador Gennady Gatilov. He told the AP that he had no plans to leave Geneva. Mr. Vladimir Vulavala Fosloraspogi let it go. It's over. Let it go, my nigga, like, yo, you are spiraling. Vladimir, uh-uh, uh-uh, you are spiraling. Uh-uh, uh-uh, enough, uh-uh, uh-uh, man, enough. Enough. is enough. Cut the shit! Cut the shit, it's over. Okay? Your own fucking diplomat has turned his back on you. My nigga, let it go. Your men are being slaughtered in Ukraine. Let it go. Let it go. My nigga, you know what? You need God. Vladimir, you need Allah in your life. Right? And to think that this fucking guy, right, is an orthodox ton-ton. Right? He believes in God. My nigga, you need God in your life. All fucking facts. Right? Your soul needs saving. You need God. <laughs> but you fucked up, didn't you? Ah, Vladimir, you fucked up. Right? You banned God from your country. Right? You banned Allah from entering your country, bruv. Right? You literally have sold your fucking soul to the devil. You banned God. You banned Morgan Freeman. I don't like the covers made black as the pit from pole to pole. I think whatever God there may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fellow collective circumstance, I have not cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of fate, my head is bloody, but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the shadow of the shade. 
Yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate and how punishment charged the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. It's getting spooky. 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 Weird times. Global weirding. J'ai pris la décision avant, avant de l'annoncer au, au Paris Saint-Germain d'appeler le, le président Florentino Pérez parce que voilà, j'ai beaucoup de respect pour, pour lui. Mbappé might have called Florentino Pérez, but that hasn't stopped Real Madrid players expressing their discontent. The PSG star has responded to social media posts from Benzema, Vinicius, Modric and Rodrigo. According to Mbappé, said posts are in reference to his decision to extend his contract at PSG until 2025. But he was in typically astute mood when discussing the issue during a press conference. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to understand those orders come from above, no? For context, Benzema, Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo and Luka Modric all posted pro-Real Madrid publications on social media in the wake of Mbappe's announcement. Posts which sought to remind people, one in particular maybe, that Real Madrid is bigger than any single player. Karim Benzema posted a photo of him pointing to the Real Madrid badge. In a similar vein, Rodrigo posted a photo of him on Twitter celebrating a goal by kissing the club's badge. While Vinicius Jr. posted this on Instagram. Madridistas, thanks for all the support this season. Winning wearing the Real Madrid shirt is indescribable. For the 14th, see you in Paris. And when he says see you in Paris, that's not because he's calling out Kylian Mbappe for a fight in the car park. At least we don't think so. As for Luka Modric, he also alluded to the upcoming Champions League final against Liverpool in Paris. A special league season has finished. It's now time to think about Paris. Come on, Madrid. So there you have it. According to Mbappe, the orders came from above in an attempt to move on from the transfer saga. Mbappe wasn't keen to dwell on Benzema's supposed swipe at him by posting a photo of Tupac and the friend that betrayed him either. When we meet up with the national team, I'll explain to Karim why I chose to stay at PSG. Because we have a good relationship. During his press conference, Mbappe insisted that despite eventually staying with PSG, he'd respected Los Merengues for their efforts to sign him. J'ai pris la décision avant, avant de l'annoncer au, au Paris Saint-Germain d'appeler le, le président Florentino Pérez parce que voilà, j'ai beaucoup de respect pour, pour lui et, et son club parce qu'ils ils ont, ils ont tout bien fait pour moi. Ils ont, ils ont essayé de, de me rendre le plus heureux possible, de faciliter mon arrivée et pour ça, je, je les remercie. Et je pense qu'en tant, en tant qu'homme respectueux, je pense que c'est dans mon devoir de, la, de, de lui parler personnellement. Et voilà, comme nos, nos liens étaient, étaient très proches, donc je pense que c'était la meilleure chose à faire. But, well, you really can't please everybody. In spite of wanting to do the right thing, he still come under a wave of criticism. Famed Spanish journalist Tomas Roncero 
was scathing in his assessment of Mbappe. Enraged by his decision to stay in Paris after Real had done all they could to entice him to the Bernabeu, he released a video in which he slated the Frenchman's mentality. Well, Kylian, welcome to a club that signs multi-millionaires but are massive losers, just like Man City. Oof, shots fired at City now too. Clubs around Europe must be ducking their heads. PSG pay their players a fortune. They don't care about financial fair play, that's fine. But Kylian, you've lost the opportunity to be the happiest player in the world. You'll certainly be the richest footballer ever, immensely rich, houses near Versailles, a building at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. You'll walk down the streets of Paris with your pockets full of cash, and you'll talk to your politician friends on the phone, your friend Macron, or the mayor of Paris, like you're the biggest player in the world. But no, 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 not the biggest. You're wrong, the richest. Roncero was on a roll at this point and evoked former French greats. Latini and Zidane have more about them than you, more courage especially. They had the courage to go abroad and become legends. You stay at home in your little comfort zone. You're a loser. At PSG, from your mansion, you'll see Vinicius, Benzema and Code lifting the Champions League, while you'll be playing in your little League One, playing the lights of Metz, Montpellier, and Bordeaux. Bordeaux and Metz and Ligue 1, you might want to check your facts, mate. The guy had even more to say too. How has he not lost his voice yet? I'm like about to lose mine. You've chosen to be a loser and that affects me a lot because we reserved a huge welcome for you. So listen to me intently. If you play against us again, cover your ears because we'll whistle and boo you like never before and remind you that you've won nothing. Bye, forever. His punchlines will hardly have Kendrick quaking in his boots. Do you understand the journalist's anger? <laughs> story is in the tiny southern African country of Botswana. It is the second largest producer of diamonds in the world. Russia is the first. Last year, Botswana sold diamonds to the value of $3.5 billion. That's nearly half of the country's GDP. Now, as you're about to see, the diamonds aren't just bringing in cash. They're also creating jobs. For two years, Keola Bukhele Klokeleng struggled to find a job after finishing school when she was offered a trainee position at this diamond processing factory. After theory classes and working on carbon models, she is now practicing to polish a real diamond. I'm dealing with expensive things, so every time I polish, I make sure I do slightly so that I'm not damaging the diamonds. Hey, I live with the <laughs> Because they are very expensive. I don't know, cut it. Yeah. A problem. Klokeleng is one of 100 trainees learning to cut and polish diamonds at this factory, which is owned by an Indian company that invested in Botswana. For years, the country has been pushing to not only export rough diamonds, but also to attract companies that process them here too, adding value and creating jobs. Now more than 30 companies cut and polish diamonds locally. Certainly in Botswana, the government is quite uh, pro-diamond industry. Uh, it is the main industry for Botswana. Ease of doing business in Botswana for diamond cutting and polishing is, is, is quite uh, a vital thing. Why? people are easily able to come here and set up their businesses. Landlocked Botswana was once one of the poorest countries in the world until it discovered vast diamond deposits. In less than 20 years it had turned itself into a success story as well as a middle-income country. A small population, just below 2.5 million people, good governance and economic management have all contributed greatly. 
but the success wouldn't have been possible without this mine in Juaning, the richest diamond mine in the world, employing more than 6,000 people. The government struck a unique deal with the world's biggest diamond corporation, De Beers. Each side owns 50% of the mine. It's a profitable partnership, as Juaneng has produced about 80 tons of diamonds in four decades. This is the richest diamond uh, mine by value uh, in the world. And uh, basically, the, we are the backbone of uh, Botswana's economy. And pending demand, they could still increase their output. Since Russia, the world's biggest diamond producer by output, is facing sanctions, the second biggest producer, Botswana, is eyeing a bigger market share. Russia currently can't export diamonds to major markets like the US, and diamond prices have spiked by 20% since the beginning of the war. Mining companies and the government here are only cautiously talking about possibly filling this gap, but economist Rudolf Boy doesn't believe they should. They should take advantage of the crisis in Europe. The war in Ukraine is very, it's very painful. I watch news every day. I don't like what is happening there. Uh, but, you know, and on an economic point of view, the government of Botswana should have started to promote the Botswana diamonds, such that, you know, these are the best diamonds. Those are now blood diamonds. The Russian diamonds are now blood diamonds. Back at the diamond processing factory, Kyole Bukhile Klokeleng is hoping to get a job as a polisher when she finishes her training. And chances are good. The company is expanding and constantly hiring new people. In a few weeks, they also want to start producing jewelry right here in Botswana. That report from DW's Adrian Krish. He also sat down for an exclusive interview with Botswana's president, Mohwetsi Masisi. They discussed how the country plans to get more out of its diamond industry. But as Russia is actually the world's largest diamond producer, Adrian began by asking the president if Botswana will benefit now that Russia is facing sanctions across much of the globe. You know, initially, speaking purely from a commercial point of view, you may have thought that there would be benefit to the diamonds. But if you know for the fact that the Russian diamonds take about 30% of the market in the West, that 30% cannot be immediately replaced by anybody. That's a risk. We are in the, in the diamond business for the long haul. Your economy is very much diamond dependent. You've been trying over the past years to get more parts of the value chain to happen within the country. Where are you standing at and is it still a long way to go? Are you happy with the current state? Our engine is rocking along. We are charging, we are determined. We want the value chains to be developed in country. We want to uh, do this through our own production systems. We want to do this through on our own, with our own company, the Ogovango Diamond Company. Uh, you might know of it. We're going to ramp up its participation in the diamond space. And we're in very deep discussions with the producers and the manufacturers, and uh, uh, we would get more value out of our diamonds. They're currently negotiating a new long-term agreement with De Beers, uh, the biggest diamond company and the major partner of, of the government of Botswana. What are you hoping uh, this new negotiations will achieve? Well, if you look at it this way, we negotiate with De Beers, but in De Beers, we also negotiate with ourselves. 15% of De Beers is ours, right? So we have an inherent interest in sustaining this relationship. So we're negotiating for the good of both of us. So we do not lose sight of the necessity to lock this down, seal it and close it. So, you know, we'll get it done. 
and uh, we'll get an outcome that is uh, mutually beneficial and good for uh, producers, for, for sorry, manufacturers, jewelers, consumers, and investors in the value chain pipeline. But your reporters will not be really happy about the amount of diamonds that are still leaving the country in a rough form, with, um, that there are not enough diamonds that are being processed currently in the country. Yes, so obviously that's what we're trying to ramp up, but it's improved a lot because the number of factories has increased. It's not eight more, it's 30 plus that we have in Botswana. And that means these are being processed to some point. Obviously our intent and our interest is in processing as many as possible to the highest level and then selling them. Now if you look at Botswana, uh, it is one if not the positive example for development on the continent. What is it that countries, other countries on the continent can learn from Botswana and could you possibly even be a role model for other countries on the continent? Yes, in Botswana being the longest continuous democracy in Africa, it stands to good logic that we ought to be a model and that is the number one priority. Once that uh, system of governance and, um, is established and deeply rooted, the rest follows because investment and development follows stability and predictability of governance. Trust comes in. So your multilateral partners come in, your banks come in, your investors come in, and your people participate in that. Governance is the major secret. Or fighting corruption is extremely important. And our purpose for being in government is to do it for the people. That is it. Because when you get the public good enhancement in the investment of that, everything else grows. I, uh, my, my tour bus um, is a, a piece of shit RV. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, you know, you know the one I, I wanted to buy the one from Stripes, you know, the uh, one that, that GMC made uh, oh. with the six wheels. I always wanted to redo one of those, and there's one that's the the it's the Palm Desert package or something, and it's like to, total Ron Burgundy. It's that fucking 70s green with the floral like captain's chairs and a green shag rug, and I was just thinking, man. If I ever fucking redid one of those, put a humidor in there with some cigars and shit. Oh, the moving cigar lounge. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mobile cigar me? lounge. Yeah. Sick. I know. But then you got to watch because then, then all your demons are just right there. Put a stripper pole in here. And then was, yeah. Yeah. I, that's another thing, too, I learned. That's when my drinking got out of control was when I brought it home to the house. And then I could, oh, there's a, I don't have to go out to a bar. Because before, like, I always had it under control because I had to go out. You know, if I felt like getting a drink, but I was at home and I was watching a game, you in your sweatpants, it's like, dude, I don't want to fucking take a shower and fucking go out and do all of that shit. So then you just wouldn't drink and then it wouldn't get a hold of you. But when I had it at home, yeah, I had this thing where um, part of conspiracy theory, uh, you know, it, it, you get massively overwhelmed and depressed when you're reading that shit. Um, so how I, I then I after I got out of the conspiracy theory shit, I went the other way and I started watching like me TV and all these old fucking shows from when I was a kid and everybody on those shows drank and smoked. <laughs> so I would just sit there. They were drinking. I was just I was drinking with like Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. like every fucking night watching 77 Sunset Strip. And, uh, and you know, it was started off with this. Then it became that. Then my wife started getting on me like, Jesus Christ, look at the size. And I started, I go, it's a home pour. I started, <laughs> <laughs> you go out to a bar, they take out the eye droplet. It's just like, it's not a fucking drink. 
And then I remember one night I came, I've told this story before, I came down the stairs because she goes, don't have another one. When you have three, you start snoring like your dog here. So I was like, all right, all right. And then I was like, oh, I just have two. I can just have two. Right. And then I was just like, you know, there's still, you know, eight minutes left in the shell. Pour another one. So I poured the other one. And it was over. And I was walking down the stairs to our bedroom. And I didn't know if she was still up or not. I literally was hiding it on the side of my leg trying to make sure the ice cube wasn't going to clink against the side of the glass and i was just like i am like this close away from having a bottle in the back of the toilet let me let me just step away from this shit so um i'm not like an alcoholic you know what i mean but i, I do think that addiction is like is more of a spectrum than you either are or you aren't and i think that if you're a habit guy like me no different than sugar and salt like i never crave mcdonald's unless i was in a jam and i ate it and then for like the next three days, mm -hmm. like I see the golden arches everywhere. Like, dude, I'm gonna get a fucking yeah. another double cheeseburger, man. So, yeah, I smoked a cigar, and then I was like, man, are these bad for you? Then I looked up, I was like, how many cigars did George Burns smoke a day? And it was like ten to fifteen. I'm like, great, I can do two a day. You know, it's like it's so easy. There's for me no to way. There's yeah? no way he smoked ten to fifteen a day. Why? Google told me that. I don't know. I know. And if you know who put that information out there, a cigar smoker that's trying to get his wife <laughs> off his back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he smoked 15 a day. First, I'm a lightweight. Yeah. I'm only smoking seven. America. If you thought Jackass Forever was crazy, oh boy, do I have a show for you. It's a multimedia comedy show called The Bucket List Tour. And the stuff I filmed for this show is way too hot for Jackass. Like the general anesthesia bike ride, the vasectomy Olympics, and skyjacking. The footage is so intense, we have full-grown men passing out at almost every city this bus goes to. So if you think you can handle it, get your tickets right now at stevo.com. Yeah. Welcome back. It is 840 and man, we've made it to Friday, West Michigan. That means there's some great comedy shows to catch. Our guest today, one of the comedians here in town performing this weekend. We got Akash Singh with us. What's up, camera two? How yeah. are you doing? I know, camera two doing pretty well. Hey, right? we're going to have fun. All right, so we have a fun trivia game we like to play with everybody. Okay, All right, so I assume the white comedians are much better at trivia. No, I don't necessarily think. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see we'll how you see. do. All, All right. right. What's a white cap? <laughs> Again, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I, the white comedian would know this. What is a white cap? A white cap is, you know, when the, snow. the waves. It's snow. No, when the waves in, in the lake, they, they have white caps when it gets a little rough out there. That's what a white cap is. See, you know. boating, like there, white look activities. At, see how it's white on the top of those waves? That's those little white caps. Yeah. Mike is telling me it has something to do with baseball. What is, what well, is it baseball? is. It also, it's a white, it's a team. It's like, that wins too. That wins. Oh, baseball is it team. the minor league team? Ding, ding, yeah. Okay. Feeder team to the Tigers. So okay. that West Michigan Whitecaps, they play in Grand Rapids. So yes, right. that's also a winning answer. Yeah, Grand Rapids, feeder city into Chicago. Well, Detroit, <laughs> right? No, I was going to say Detroit, but who wants to be fed into Detroit? I don't, don't get too <laughs> not poop on Detroit. All right, what I world? I poop on Detroit. God is already doing that. Am I right, camera one? Anyway. <laughs> what world famous breakfast food Sausage. was created? No. Oh, and okay. Cornflakes, sorry. Kellogg's. Oh, Cereal no, that I, I might not have known, but yeah. I think I would have. I'm going to let you finish the next question. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Do you know what a clompin' dancing is? <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> I told you, these are for white people. Uh, a clompin' dance. Keith, you ever heard of a clompin' dancing? 
<laughs> no help from the peanut gallery out there, no. Let me tell you something, I need Keith wasn't gonna help me. All right. Okay. You were in Holland, though? Yes. Okay, so Klomp and Dancing is, is kind of the Dutch dancing with the wooden shoes. Believe Klomp it or not, and... I don't have a big Dutch following. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. you were Who in thought? Holland. Who thought, looking at me. I didn't know Holland. Keith booked me in Holland. He didn't, you didn't know my demographic, Keith? There's no Indians in Holland. What are you doing, bro? Man, I don't know. I'm gonna give you these because I know you're gonna wear them with pride. Yes, of course. What are these? Uh, these are some amazing Fox 17 sunglasses. I'll take off. Take, I'll take them out of the wrapper yes. for you. Nothing will endear me to the Indian community more than Fox News sunglasses. Fox 17, not Fox News. <laughs> but thank you. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, Grand Rapids. I'll see y'all twice tomorrow. First show sold out. Second show getting there. Muskegon. We could use some sales. I'm gonna be honest with you. You guys want to come out there? There you go. <laughs> Friday, Back Alley Comedy Club. That sounds fun. All right, so I think you head to our website. You can pick up some tickets. Yeah. And head out to Muskegon tonight. Absolutely. All right, Akash. Well, thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> have fun in West Michigan. I have a feeling I won't be seeing Michelle at these shows. You know what I mean? If I'm, if I'm, am I wrong? Camera one? Hey, you don't give me a lot of credit. Not a lot of chemistry going on here comedically. I just love comedians so much. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I love having them on the show. It's my favorite, favorite thing. I can tell. It is 8.45 now. Three kids there to perform CPR on a kid who was barely breathing and bleeding. That deadly attack in Toronto. At least 10 people are dead. A majority of the injured victims are women. Elliot Roger here. I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up, blonde slut. Police calling it premeditated mass murder. In 2014, Elliot Roger murdered six people in a terror attack in California prior to the attack. Roger released a video claiming his actions were intended to punish women for not wanting to sleep with him and men he considered more sexually successful. 22 years old and I'm still a virgin. This is my last video. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. The following years saw a series of deadly attacks across the US, Canada and Europe, all perpetrated by young men angry at their lack of sexual fulfillment, with many explicitly citing Roger as an inspiration. He zigzagged from the street onto the sidewalk, hunting his targets. Open fire, wounding five and killing two women. An eyewitness said a lone shooter kicked down the door of a house in southwest England, then continued down the street firing indiscriminately. What's often been missed, however, is how these sexual anxieties and frustrations feed into right-wing extremist political ideology. Online communities which mix toxic misogyny, conspiracy theory, and fears around sexual inadequacy have become a key recruiting ground for right-wing extremist ideologies. This is why the far right are so weird about sex. Incels are just one branch of a much larger online subculture known as the Manosphere, comprised of many different groups, all with one thing in common, the belief that men are the victims of a society set up to favor women. Within the Manosphere, there are different factions and different beliefs. Um, with pickup artists, they believe that they can manipulate women into being romantically interested. I usually have three renditions. One for the girls that are ripe and ready. Those girls, less is more. Looking at you and say, oh, who are you? You say, I'm the guy you're kissing now. And you go in. There are men going their own way who generally refuse to interact, work for, work with women. I found that you guys are just not extreme enough. You're not going far enough. Men must go our own way. We must 
separate from the world of women and government. I think they are all focused on the idea of males losing traction. I think this group of men in particular feels particularly left behind. What unites all these groups is their virulent misogyny and hatred of feminism. They believe that feminism has ruined modern society by creating a world in which women are supposedly equal agents, thus denying men the dominance they believe is not only natural, but essential for their happiness. Feminism is seen as something that's eroding the rights of the, the, the white man. And so it has allowed both incels and the far right to create an enemy, to create an outgroup, and feminism and women fit relatively neatly into that uh, into that framing. I'm now trying to turn this tables of equality on the feminazis who have changed this country. A disgusting communist anti-Trump female feminist got a taste of the gender equality that they clamored for at the Women's March. I thought women were so strong. I thought women were so strong and empowered. Feminism is cancer. Thank you very much. This is where the manosphere starts to bleed into the broader conservative movement and becomes a key recruiting ground for the far right. The internet has created people that may not have otherwise had the opportunity to meet without technology. So we've seen this in other arenas with hate groups and organizations through recruiting. Some analysts have suggested that those most likely to join extremist movements are often not the most marginalized in society, but those who feel their positions of relative privilege are under threat. This tallies with an anxiety among some men that their historically dominant role is being eroded, and among white supremacists that the white race is under threat from minority groups. Birth rates are <laughs> falling apart, or we're losing yeah. our nations, uh, we're being flooded with immigrants. We think of threats in terms of um, intent and capability. And the nexus where intent and capability meet, that's where you're really in danger. Uh, with incels, you always have a high intent. The capability isn't always there. When you have a high intent with not necessarily high capability, that means you have an active threat that you need to be focused on because if somebody develops that capability, then an attack is pretty much inevitable. Mass shootings at two mosques in the city of Christchurch. At least 49 people are dead, many others seriously wounded. The gunman moves from room to room, firing his automatic weapon for some six minutes, killing at least 41 men, women, and children in the first mosque. When the white supremacist Brenton Tarrant killed 51 people in Christchurch, New Zealand, he released a self-justifying manifesto. The first line, it's the birth rates. This anxiety over so-called racial fertility runs deep in white supremacist movements, often spilling into unhinged conspiracy theories like the so-called Great Replacement. Thinking about gender roles is absolutely central to thinking about what fascism is and what far-right politics is. Um, because you can't really think race without thinking reproduction. There's an obvious crossover here with many religious conservatives, men's rights activists, and incel communities. It comes down to controlling women's bodies and insecurities about them choosing other sexual partners. On the forums, there are many discussions about what women should and shouldn't do 
that they are looking for a woman who will stay at home, raise their children, kind of be barefoot in the kitchen and cook. But at the same time, um, they still refer to women using these degrading sexual terms. Women, their physical fitness and their beauty and perfection and and everything that they are expected to do is very much oriented around a passionate and beautiful submission to the joys of motherhood and domesticity so that they can take on one of the most important roles, the, the reproduction of the race, the reproduction of the nation. If you use the term replacement, if you suggest that the Democratic Party is trying to replace the current electorate, the voters now casting ballots, with new people, more obedient voters from the third world. But it's not just women's sexual choices that right-wing movements seek to control, but often those of their own members. The Proud Boys, one of the most prominent radical conservative movements in the US, discourages its members from masturbating in a policy known as hashtag no wanks. Hashtag no wanks is pitched as a way of overcoming porn addiction, developing discipline, and giving members more time to focus on their families. But policies like these are more than just a bizarre form of self-help. This is about control. Having daily practices that connect you to a broader movement is a very um, effective strategy. So you're not just um, you're not just saying to people, you know, we're being swamped by immigrants. Um, you know, if the feminists are in charge, it's saying you need to take action daily in your life and you will see the benefits. It's now time for the return of men. The 2010s witnessed the rise of the so-called alt-right and the pipeline between the manosphere and radical conservative and white supremacist movements went into overdrive. The online space really is characterized by intermingling between this, these, these various factions. And as the factions have intermingled, languages have intermingled, culture has intermingled, jokes have intermingled. And this is partly deliberate because it makes it much more difficult to, to draw distinct lines between them. And it means that when an attack happens, um, it's very difficult to nail down the ideology. And if you can't do that, it's very difficult, difficult to nail down the enduring threat. It's also probably not a coincidence that when one member of the alt-right accuses another of being not committed enough to the cause, the word they use is cuck, a sexual fetish in porn category where men watch their partners have sex with other men. You are seen as weak, minuscule men. I tell my boy men like you, those aren't men. You understand? You will be weak, minuscule men the rest of your lives, and I'm not going to let you influence the other boys in this community to be little cucks. This is all a pretty neurotic tangle of sexual insecurity manifesting as political ideology. In Russia, the connection has become explicit with the emergence of the violent extremist group Male State, who literally call their ideology National Patriarchy. They're so violent that they've been officially banned in Russia, though they've still emerged as some of the loudest supporters of Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. This crossover of the manosphere, sexual anxiety, and the far right can lead to very serious violence. In 2018, Scott Bailey murdered two women and injured four more at a yoga studio in Florida. This is brand new video from the scene from just moments ago. Two of those people died, 21-year-old Maura Binkley and 61-year-old Nancy Van Nessum. I'd like to talk about uh, mongrelization. 
When I see an interracial couple, I, I think one of two things. Either the guy couldn't do any better, or the girl's In 2021, Lyndon McLeod, a rising star in the Manosphere and frequent guest on alt-right podcasts, went on a shooting rampage in Denver, killing five people. Going into a business, holding a gun, Seconds later, he calmly walks out. Three people were shot and two women were killed at that location. And the list goes on. Five people of Plymouth who have lost their lives overnight, including a particularly young child. Again this morning here in the UK, where six people have been killed in the worst mass shooting in the country in over a decade. This all leads to the question. When you see right-wing extremists ranting on YouTube, posing with guns or marching with tiki torches, are you simply seeing a bunch of scared, sexually insecure men afraid of real contact? We're, you know, fed of a steady diet of uh, particular visions of who we are, we are supposed to be um, as, as men. And I think a lot of that kind of that, that messaging and the sort of problems it creates for, uh, for society and, and for young men leads people to start looking for consistent ways of explaining the world. But none of these things are going to be solved by scapegoating women and immigrants, wallowing in misogyny on the internet, or most of all, by acts of brutal, nihilistic violence. Documents seen by the BBC that are said to have been hacked from Chinese police computers show that Uyghur prisoners in the western region of Xinjiang are shot on sight if they're caught trying to escape. Thousands of photos shed light on a secretive system of mass incarceration. The Chinese government has dismissed as fake news claims that Uyghurs are arbitrarily detained in the region. Our correspondent John Sudworth has lived and reported from China for the past nine years and we can speak to him live now. John, welcome to you. Tell us more about what you've discovered. Well, Samantha, uh, this is an unprecedented uh, data, data breach, both in terms of its quantity and its quality. Uh, these documents uh, were said to have been hacked from a number of police servers inside Xinjiang. That in itself, of course, is unprecedented by an anonymous source who then passed that data to uh, a Xinjiang scholar, an expert uh, in studying Xinjiang based here in the US, who in turn shared those documents with the BBC. And although the source is unwilling to reveal anything, the original source is unwilling to reveal anything about their identity or their whereabouts, the BBC, working with a, an international consortium of journalists, has been able to verify key parts of this data, this really diverse set of data in spreadsheets, in photographs, in uh, the police documents, as you say, and in, and in the secret speeches given by senior Communist Party officials, all of it pointing to new, compelling evidence of the mass incarceration of a people viewed as a threat marked out by the Chinese state as disloyal because of their ethnicity, their culture, their identity and their faith. These are the faces China never intended us to see from inside its system of mass incarceration in Xinjiang. The government has long denied its running detention camps for Uyghurs, insisting instead they are vocational schools for willing students. The photos, almost 3,000 of them, show the reality of how whole swathes of Uyghur society have been swept up person by person. The oldest was 73 at the time of her detention, the youngest just 15. 
For Uyghurs, with their Turkic language, Islamic traditions and roots in a region with a history of separatism and violence, have long faced cycles of tightening government control. And with mounting criticism over the camps, the authorities have taken journalists on tours, showing them Uyghurs celebrating their culture and, they say, being guided away from extremism. Yes, this is classified internal government information. The files said to have been hacked from police computer servers in Xinjiang by a source whose identity is unknown were first passed to Dr. Adrian Zenz, a Xinjiang scholar who in turn shared them with the BBC. And they raised serious questions about China's narrative. You have police officers in heavy riot gear standing next to some of the men. Some of the men have their arms in a funny position uh, as if they were handcuffed. So this is really very powerful about the image material. And I was looking through these images on my laptop in the living room. I had to get up and go somewhere else and take a break. I was overwhelmed. The hacked files also contain hundreds of spreadsheets, row upon row of draconian jail sentences, often targeting expressions of Islamic faith as a parallel method alongside the camps for detaining Uyghurs en masse. Just for growing a beard, Tursun Kadir was sentenced to 16 years in jail, his chosen expression of Uyghur identity forcibly removed. By speaking to members of the Uyghur diaspora in places like Turkey, the BBC has been able to verify the data, showing it to contain real people. Mahmut Toti, for example, knew his eldest son had been jailed, but the database tells him for how long? 15 years for terrorism offences. Although as evidence, only his son's devout Islamic faith is listed. In response to questions, the Chinese embassy in the US issued a statement saying that in the face of the grave and complex counter-terrorism situation in Xinjiang, the authorities had taken a host of decisive, robust and effective de-radicalization measures so that people could live a safe, happy and fulfilling life, although there was no attempt to address any of the hacked data directly. It includes these images, once again from deep within the system, that appear to offer further evidence of the harsh detention and indoctrination of a people, not for what they've done, but for who they are. John Sudworth, BBC News. Thanks very much for joining joined by Thibaut Yesterday in a press conference I said that uh, when Madrid plays finals they win it and I'm on the good side of history and I, uh, I saw a lot of tweets coming my way uh, of that, they will, that I will get humbled uh, today and uh, it was the other way around. I think uh, today I need to win a final uh, for my career, for all the hard work, to put respect on my name because I don't think I have enough respect, uh, especially in England. I saw a lot of uh, criticisms, even after a great season, uh, that I was not uh, good enough or whatever. So I'm just really happy and proud of the performance of the team. We, we, we stuck through it, and when I needed to be there, I was there for the team. You've beaten PSG, Chelsea, Manchester City, now Liverpool. I mean, it was destined for you this year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we beat the best clubs of the world uh, together with us. Uh, if you see this year of, of City and... Uh, City and uh, Liverpool, they were unbelievable this season. They they fought till the end in the Premier League. They won two cups, Liverpool. Uh, today they were really strong and 
I think I played a great game and that was the difference today because we had one chance and we scored it. It's a fantastic performance, so well done. Thank you. Thank you Jason, before this series even started, you and I talked about your five-year journey in the NBA, now winning this conference finals MVP trophy. Just what does this recognition mean to you? Uh, it, it's a great honor. Um, but, you know, this is some of our fourth time in the conference finals, my third time. Uh, and, and, and to get over the hump with this group, uh, it, it means everything. Uh, so I couldn't be proud of, of these guys. The, the road that we took to get here, uh, you know, not a lot of people believed in us. We took the toughest route, and uh, it worked out. Why did you decide to wear the Kobe Bryant armband tonight? Uh, game seven. Um, everybody know how much he means to me. You know, my idol and you know my favorite player. Uh, so, just to have something to, you know, to show him um, in, the, in the biggest game of you know my career so far, uh, and it worked out. Congratulations to you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. What does it mean to you to have gotten over the hump? Uh, it means everything, you know, all the adversity, all the struggles, the losses, the wins, everything that we finally got to this moment makes it that much more special. You guys made it interesting down the stretch. What, what was happening? I don't know. <laughs> hey, but we figured it out. Uh, we persevered. Um, sometimes we like doing it the hard way. I hate that about us, um, but we got the job done. So now we're looking forward to the future. Got it done. Congratulations to you, Jalen. Marcus, after not getting it done, game six, how sweet is it to get it done on the road? It's amazing. Obviously, we would, we would like to have got it done in front of our crowd, but it's come here against this team, this organization, the way that they play, the way that they leave it all on the court. It's only right. This is amazing. We finally got over the hump. What was it about your defense tonight that was not going to be denied, that was not going to let Jimmy Butler or anybody else beat you? Togetherness. We gave it. We everybody coming into this game. Just we all talk and said we're gonna leave everything we have on this court. Whether we win or lose, we can't leave here tonight saying I wish I could have done more. And that's what the outcome came, and we won this game. Congratulations to you, Marcus. Congratulations to all of you guys. You're going to the finals. My children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on, all right? That's not happening. And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I, I will call every- That's three minutes. You've you gone past your time. It's a policy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll see y'all on Monday. Maui. My beloved baby daddy, please shoot all these fools. Our cyborg kids want to update their software. Beep 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 bop. I'm a robot, baby. Allah sent me here to destroy humanity. I love you. Allahu Akbar bitches.